You're listening to The Football Pod, conveniently found at thefootballpod.com. I'm Sam Pierce, and we have so much to get into tonight. It's Tuesday, October 3rd, 2017. We normally record on Mondays, but we're recording Tuesday this week, and we have good reason for that. We'll get into that in just a minute. We had another excellent fall football weekend, and we have another really good one coming up. I was looking at the college football schedule, and I don't know how I'll possibly get it down to less than about 20 games for us to preview and predict on the website, but we'll get to all of that. First, though, Kim, tell everyone where we are recording tonight. From Studio A at Syracuse Technologies. That's right. We are brought to you by Syracuse Technologies. We record every week in their studio on awesome equipment, and they manage all of the infrastructure for us. That includes our website that people are going to, and for good reason, Kim, I hit over 70% on NFL picks this past weekend. Again. But if not for Syracuse Technologies hosting our website and managing our audio content, you guys wouldn't be able to take advantage of our picks. So keep coming to the website. And if you need your own site or maybe you want to upgrade the look and feel of your business's current website, contact Syracuse Technologies. They help us and they can absolutely help you guys and girls. IT services, audio video and other media services and even event planning. They're especially good if your business has an event coming up and you have good ideas for how to present something, but you need the right technology and the right experience with that technology to pull it off. You can call Syracuse Technologies and set up equipment rental and get all the help you need. So check out their website, cusetech.com. That's cusetech.com. Tell them my co-host, Kimberly Ann Maley, sent you. They like her more than me. (laughs) Okay, that being said, Cam is, of course, here, and it seems like Green Bay, Chicago, that game was a long time ago, but I'd imagine you still you still feel pretty good about the win. Green Bay has now taken a one-game lead over Chicago in the NFL's oldest rivalry. That's right. I wrote about it on the website last week. It's now 95 wins for Green Bay, 94 for Chicago, and six ties. It's the first time since 1932 that Green Bay has been up in this rivalry. That's hard to believe because it seems like Green Bay has been beating Chicago consistently for decades now, but maybe they played each other a dozen times back in 1985 and the Bears racked up some wins then. But we'll uh, we'll talk plenty of Green Bay tonight. The Packers have a big-time game coming up this weekend. They go to Dallas. You nervous? Considering Dallas's last few performances um, haven't been too exciting, and especially coming off of a home loss to the Rams, I'm not as nervous as I may have been a few weeks ago um, just thinking about you know, this week five matchup against the Packers. When Dallas's sample size was just the one game against the Giants, they looked really good. Now we know that that's not such a big win. Um, but we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about all these games. We have a lot going on tonight. Just had another great NFL Sunday for the second week in a row, so that's good news. College football finds a way to be amazing every Saturday, so that's nothing new. But there are uh, a lot of big-time games coming this Saturday, and tonight we're going to do something that we haven't done since launching thefootballpod.com. We're going to mix in some basketball conversation a little later because the NBA starts up in two weeks, and they've had a pretty crazy offseason. So to talk both football and basketball tonight, Kim and I had to get a couple guests to join us. You You may remember our friends that helped us cover the NBA playoffs last spring and summer. So welcome back to the Syracuse Technology Studio, Andrew Gorman and Kevin Mahoney. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Thanks, Sam. Very good to to be back. Very good to have you guys. It seems like it was just yesterday that we were talking about the finals, but also seems like it was a long time ago, probably because so much has happened um, in, like I said, in this NBA offseason, right? Yeah, it's been crazy, like the whole time. It never let up from the day the finals ended, basically. It's been nuts. 
Seriously, it's um, they the NBA offseason outdid itself again. I can't believe that. It's it really did. Um, if you are a if you are a basketball fan, uh, like you guys are saying, the the offseason never really ends, and it's just been constant, uh, almost kind of you know, if not must see TV. Must see social media, maybe. <laughs> it's yeah. been a little overwhelming, honestly. It, it stretched out more this yeah. year than yeah. it did previous years. Like the Kyrie trade and the Carmelo trade just happening now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Usually, <laughs> it, it, it the free agency hits and all the news happens, and by we usually have August, the off. end of July. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah by the end down. of July, it's usually yeah. done. But this yeah, year, it just stretched right up until training camp. Which was good because NFL preseason, even I have to admit, is really boring. So it's nice to have something yeah. to, to do in August. Um, okay. So really good to have you guys in here to lend us your NBA expertise. Um, what we're going to do a little later uh, when Kim kind of takes over our hosting, she is going to mix in a lot of really good NBA questions with our with our college football, with our NFL discussions. Um, so if you have ADD, it's going to be good because we're going to be all over the place. Um and I assume Kevin and uh, and Andrew that you guys watch uh, football nonstop on your weekends, just like me. If you don't, you can just lie and say that you do, uh, and and we'll have you weigh in on all of our uh, football conversations tonight too. Um, are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Good. Let's do it. Now that all that's out of the way, we're gonna start. Uh, Kim and I usually start by <laughs> quick recap from the weekend. So we're gonna start in the AFC, specifically AFC East, and I guess. My, my first thought is if the Jets and the Bills are tanking, they're doing a pretty bad job of it, um, and the Patriots have found a way to give up 32 points per game, uh, and they've lost at home twice in September. So I don't know if anyone here saw this coming, but let's start with the Bills and or the Jets. Kim, uh, we've kind of been talking about the Bills coming on here for a couple weeks. Do you think now after winning in Atlanta, something that – hate to bring this up, Green Bay couldn't do in their last three attempts. The Bills did. Do you think the Bills are ready to be competitive all year? I want to say yes. It seems like the Bills' defense um, has done quite a bit of improvement since the Rex Ryan era. Um, you know, considering Did Rex... you say era or error? Era. Oh, okay. Era. <laughs> I thought you said the Rex way. Ryan error, which would... Okay. Maybe I'm just coming off of this school day. <laughs> Um, you know, wasn't the Bills defense in in before 2014 a pretty decent defensive team? I mean, can we can we agree it was, on that? Yeah, so it was great. A, it was a little baffling the way that they went backwards under Rex. Um, obviously some changeover in the roster since then, but um no, you're right. It's I guess you could you could you could go that route and say with the right coaching and the right scheme and now they've kind of gotten into this bend but not break defense that uh that maybe this is to be expected. Um, I'm hoping that the Bills' defense will keep it up. Um, I'm hoping that the team has some energy moving forward. Their schedule definitely gets tougher later on the season. Um, that's something to be on the lookout for, Bills fans. But, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll see them in the playoffs. It would be That would be interesting because it's been a long time. First time in the century, right? That, that's correct. Absolutely. Um, all right. How about the how about the Jets? Just quickly, uh, the Jets are the Jets going to actually compete, or Kevin, you uh, you would with your Long Island roots? Are the Jets going to actually compete this year, or do, is this just a matter of the schedule worked out and they got a couple nice wins early? They are not going to compete. They, okay. they are a fluke. I mean, they've had a good start. They're playing hard, which is good. 
they have some real players on defense, but they're not going anywhere. They're they're not for real at all. I tend to agree. Um, if I were if I'm a Bills fan right now, I'm feeling kind of invigorated and excited about their start. If I was a Jets fan, I'm almost disappointed. Like, okay, guys, like we're not supposed to be winning yeah, these. Looks games. like we're <laughs> never getting that franchise quarterback. Um. All right, so Patriots. Are the Patriots going to resolve their issues on defense, or is New England actually in for a long season? Kim, what do you think? They're going to resolve their issues, but I'm kind of enjoying it as it, it seems like their team is unfolding right now. I mean, you they're are a Patriots hater. You know, disliker. Yeah, yeah, disliker. Okay. Um, I just, you know, maybe with other fans out football fans out there it's like you never want to see the same team dominate um patriots and our one and two at home it's the first time since 2000 that they've lost multiple home games before week five and it's and that was bill belichick's first year as head coach wow. so i mean that's I, before good, brady's good starting yeah wow so, that's a bledsoe era wow Kim. that's a long time that's so this I is kind of like i don't know I would not have historical known here yeah patriots yeah. aren't doing good at home well, now what? Uh, I think that uh, I don't know. I don't want to overreact too much. If there's if there's any coach and any staff that can correct it, I think the Patriots' problems on defense, let's just to contrast, are a lot more fixable than the Giants' offensive line problems or Seattle's or. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of stories out there about it. For whatever reason, they're like not communicating well out there, but they seem to have talent. Like they should be able to fix what's going on. It's not like the Giants' offensive line where they essentially have, essentially have me, Sam, and Andrew out there on the left side. Like whatever scheme you do or communication, that's not going to fix it. Yeah. No, I, th- I I think they're going to. I I think they'll get it resolved, but I think they're in. I have to say they're just they're in for a, a tougher fight than they thought with Buffalo, and then. Um, in the AFC North, and I and Steelers fans, I, I understand kind of cringe when we talk about Pittsburgh versus New England because New England just dominated them uh, for so many years. But um, what strikes me about Pittsburgh, so they win a somewhat ugly game in Baltimore, but I give them credit for going in there and winning since the first time they, they won in Baltimore in five years. Um, they got a really nice game from Le'Veon Bell, so that's a big deal, 150 yards, a couple almost a couple touchdowns. Um, and the Steelers haven't been great. I think they too can get a lot better, but they're three and one. So, Kim, uh, if you are a Steelers fan and you're sitting at three and one and you're in first place in the AFC North, um, you have to feel good, right? If you're three and one and you haven't played your best football yet. Yes, you have to feel good, but I'm all. I don't like to jump. I don't like to feel too confident and. You know, the Steelers are going to be facing some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL later this season. They got Tom Brady. They got Aaron Rodgers. They could have Andrew Luck, I mean, appear. If he comes back. If he comes back. Um, so that so Don't feel too confident yet. Three okay. and one is a great start. But but they could do were, those kind of Pittsburgh things that we've seen from them in the past they, few They years. could. And it, it's been very sloppy. And um, I'm just not feeling too confident in the Steelers right now. So... I'm really happy that we have the basketball guys in here tonight. So Steelers go beat down Baltimore. I mean, it, it, the game was kind of close for a while and ugly, and it was more just the Steelers pulling away, But and, and the Ravens are offensively at least are inept. 
But I think you know twenty six to nine in your biggest division rivals stadium is a good win. Antonio Brown was not as happy because he didn't get the ball as much. So uh, we're going to talk about later on tonight some of these NBA teams and if there are enough shots to go around. Um, are there? Are there enough receptions to go around in Pittsburgh if they can beat Baltimore by 17 points and Antonio Brown still throwing uh, sideline temper tantrums? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly enough receptions to go around since he's their really own, only stud receiver. However, if a receiver is being that much of a diva and the team needs to focus on getting him the ball so he doesn't go crazy like that, it's not a good sign for the team. Like, this never works out when guys start going like that. Should it matter if they're if they won? Uh, should Antonio Brown be upset if he caught zero passes if you beat Baltimore by seventeen points? I don't know. Don't do you want your number one receiver to be to demand the ball? I mean, isn't that? I mean, can that be I think an admirable a, trait? I think yeah. I think it's good. You want him to want the ball, so uh, totally fair. Uh, I just if I'm a Steelers fan. Um. In the history of the Steelers, they win when they have an outstanding defense and play smart. And they've just never – receiver going back to the Steelers of the 70s, the receivers are complimentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm the Steelers, uh, I'm just a little more concerned with – I guess I'd be happier about the way – granted, Baltimore's offense not great, but I'd be happier about the way that the Pittsburgh defense is playing and just shut down – Baltimore. Baltimore could do nothing offensively in that game. I guess I'd be happier about that than I'd be concerned with Antonio Brown's, you know, tantrum. Um, yes, I want him to want the ball, but I, I think Pittsburgh needs to play like the Steelers. And Yeah, and you can't have Big Ben out there looking around saying, uh, who's open? Well, you know what? I haven't thrown to Antonio much yet. I don't want him to get mad at me. <laughs> like it, It's not good for the team. I So... So we'll see. I, I would like to see them. That the, the division is weak. Um, Kim makes good points that the Steelers have not always been reliable in recent years. So let's see if they can take advantage of that division. I like the NFL playoffs if the Steelers are in it and decent, you know, not decent, competitive um, with New England, with uh, whoever else from the AFC gets there. So we'll, we'll see how they do, but good win for them. Um, Interesting stat. The Steelers have Jacksonville coming up this weekend. They're going to be playing for the 24th time ever this Sunday. In the previous 23 meetings, the Jaguars hold a 12 to 11 advantage wow. over the Steelers. Shout out to Byron Leftwich. <laughs> Would not, yeah, exactly. Back to the back to the Byron era and before that, Mark Brunel. So, oh yeah. Um, I think that is a product of those two actually playing each other twice a year in the old AFC Central. And the ja- and you know Coughlin was the Jaguars coach and Mark Brunel and then Leftwich and and they were actually you know pretty pretty decent for a while. So anyway, um, let's unless you guys had other Steelers stuff or Cleveland Browns, perhaps I'm going to jump down to AFC South for a second. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I have something about the Browns. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> All right, they're um, still pretty bad. No one ever. <laughs> still the Browns. We just got our friend Ryan got really it. excited for you. Trust the process. Um, all right, AFC South, it seems like this is just my observation the past few years, but we try to predict um, the up-and-coming team from this division every preseason. Um, Jacksonville got a bunch of hype a year ago. It was Tennessee this year. But Houston seems to win the division every year. 
Um, so after crushing the Titans, I wanted to ask you guys, Kevin, you can you can start this one if you want. Is there any reason to think that this year is any different, or if Deshaun, I guess I should say, especially if Deshaun Watson continues to get better, is Houston going to win this division again like they kind of do every year? Well, I had high high hopes for Tennessee coming into the year, and the first couple of weeks they did look pretty good, um, but then last week, man, Houston worked them over, and so Houston with Deshaun Watson. They might have something actually special because the last couple of years their offense has been terrible, but J.J. Watt and Javion Clowney, that defense has been so good. If they get anything out of that quarterback and that yeah. offense, they could be like tops in the AFC type of good. It's like when they were at Foxborough in that Saturday night game last year. It's like you could just see they're on the verge of competing with New England, but New England's got Tom Brady and Houston had um, Brock Osweiler, right? Or, yeah, no, they had benched him at the time. I think oh, so they had uh, Savage. Savage, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's like way. it's like they they've had everything in place for an elite team except for a quarterback. And Deshaun Watson, whether he's he's no Tom Brady at least not now, but he's just he's a whole lot better than anything they've had. Kim, you mentioned it last week. That's why you should watch college football. So then you're not surprised when Deshaun Watson comes onto the scene and throws five touchdowns. Absolutely. I mean, since Watson took over, um, the Texans' offense has really developed into, I think, a legitimate scoring threat. Um, I mean, Houston's passing game has still struggled. um, But... At times. At times. But with Watson taking over, I mean, like Kevin said, I mean, they, they seem like a team that... Can I see my favorite word has potential? Okay. <laughs> um, out West, the last unbeaten team in the NFL, the Chiefs. Uh, you know, Denver. Denver's only a, a game back, so I hesitate. Can you, Andrew, I don't think I can say the Chiefs are firmly in the driver's seat in the West if Denver's only one game back, right? Too early to say that. Sure. Yeah, Denver looked good against uh, Oakland, too. Yeah, oh, they shut them down. Yeah. Um, now my Oakland, old buddy, Andy Reid. Now, Oakland missing a, a quarterback uh, hurts them, but Den- Denver is such a weird team because they're so good, but they're so much better at home than on the road, I think. Um, I don't know if the Raiders can possibly survive the Derek Carr injury situation, Kevin. Any, I mean, You don't believe in EJ Manuel? No. <laughs> they already weren't playing very good even and they, with and him. They, yeah, and they were struggling. Like they, they, it's like they had too much hype coming into the year or something. Last mm-hmm. year they had some magic and – they almost got full of themselves. They were so good week one in the Tennessee win, but now maybe it looks like 10. This is what's so fun about the first month of the season is you can get really excited about the Raiders week yeah. one win in Nashville, but then a month in you're like, Tennessee's kind of that AFC South team hyped that got, team that got hyped that's not that good. Um, Maybe. Yeah, so, that's what's fun about the NFL is like two weeks completely changed your outlook yeah. on everything. Yeah. It's and I mean we're a quarter of the way in now, so I think at this point it's gonna start to become more. Um, one of Kim's other words, certain teams will become a lot more established, will establish themselves better than others. But um, the the West is still my favorite division to watch because I think the Chargers can win any time now and will. Hopefully not this week at Giant Stadium, but um, I don't think they can win like ever. The Chargers. Yeah, if they if they have a field goal kicker that can kick a field goal, they would have beaten Miami. They if, they play in a twenty thousand seat stadium where stadium? roughly fifteen thousand people are for the other team every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. I 
I, I actually think they have a really talented roster, and I don't think they're that bad, and I think they are just really exceptional at finding ways to lose games. They're the, they're the, they're the Butch Jones, Tennessee of the NFL. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, okay, that's a little bit of AFC. I don't think with, with the Chiefs winning last – by the way, Really good Monday night football game last night. I rarely, uh, at my age, stay up for that anymore, but I was doing some work on the website and just kind of had it on in the background and wound up really paying attention to that whole game. Um, really good Monday night game. Chiefs, she, if, if the Chargers find ways to lose, Chiefs find ways to win. Yeah, Chiefs look like the best team in football, I think, like without a doubt. I mean, their defense is solid. Their offense is explosive without even being the traditional NFL explosive. It's like they've... They've copied some of the college concepts, and they have these kind of unique players like Hunt, like Tyreek Hill, and they use them in different ways. They're they're tough to stop. Alex Smith definitely throwing the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. He is, yeah. So pretty cool. And, you know, this reminds me of um, the beginning of last season, um, the talk of Matt Ryan and, and how potentially we could be seeing him as MVP. Um, Alex Smith, I think, hands down, is the best quarterback in the AFC West. And – could make a case for the best quarterback in the AFC if, if it wasn't for Tom Brady. So depending on how well – so last year – so I really like your your parallel there because last year Matt Ryan – I don't think anyone in this room or anyone in their right mind would take Matt Ryan over Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in a draft for your team right now or ever. But Matt Ryan goes on to win the MVP because his team had such a great season. And he had a great season. And he did. I still... I'd still take I, those guys, too. I think Rodgers and Brady had better seasons than Matt yeah. Ryan last year, in my opinion, but... Well, Brady didn't play the whole year. And but he, <laughs> he's still probably had a better season. Who's more valuable to your franchise, Tom Brady or Matt Ryan on any given... I think I'll go with Tom Brady. <laughs> but I think t- but I think Kim's point is really good, that, that this, this a month in, maybe, we're looking at a... You know, Matt, Matt Ryan was never an MVP candidate before last year. I don't think Alex Smith ever has been. But I think Kim makes a really good point that maybe we're seeing the, the, the we've seen the first month of the best season of Alex Smith's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this might be the year of the Chiefs. They look, they look different than the rest of the teams. They look like the best team out there. So let's do some uh, let's do some NFC. Kev, this is going to be a little painful to talk about the NFC East. So one of the teams we might <clears throat> not even mention. I don't know. Um, Redskins were a drop touchdown pass away from possibly beating the Chiefs last night. So the Redskins very competitive so far, and I, I think impressive. We were talking about that, that before we started recording, that the, the skins look pretty good. But the Eagles, to me, look like the best. They continue to win. And um, despite all the preseason love for the Giants and, and the Cowboys, um, Kevin, you, you watch a lot of NFC East, so we'll start with you. Are the skins and the Eagles actually the best teams in the division? Yeah, I think the Skins actually might be. Their defense has improved a lot since last year and since the last couple years. And they lost a couple weapons on offense and their coordinator. But obviously, uh, Kirk Cousins can put points on the boards. I think give them a couple more weeks in their offense to kind of catch up. They're going to be a really dangerous-looking team. Andrew, you have been a um... – You've had a relationship with the Eagles for some years now. I'm an Eagles fan. Okay. I'm what Sam would call a fake Eagles fan. Okay. Yeah. I followed so. McNabb there. In the 90s. <laughs> so. sure. I have a McNabb jersey. Hell yeah. Kim, that's disgusting. That's, that's, um, I think you're both disgusting. <laughs> so I love seeing the Giants come to Philly, man. 
<laughs> so uh. let's so so since since all those Eagles McNabb years just ended <clears throat> disastrously, let's give Eagles something that to actually be happy about. Um, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Pretty impressive, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty it, excited for the Carson Wentz era. Uh, it, I like the way he moves around the pocket, especially. I know this is probably too high a praise, but it, it, there's shades of Aaron Rodgers, the way that he can mm-hmm. navigate the pocket. Hmm. You know, I said this last week that... I, Andrew, I, I agree. That is too high a praise. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in on Carson Wentzylvania. But you're right. Um, Carson Wentz has been reviewing Aaron Rodgers' videos. I yeah. mean, so for shades of Aaron Rodgers to be there, I think the hype is a because little, of the right person to emulate is a little premature with the Eagles. So I get I, the Doug Peterson offense is giving me some flashbacks to like some bad Andy Reid years. It's a lot of passes to the flats. Um, but you, but you have a second-year quarterback. Sure. And you have, and you. I, I'm not against it. I'd, I'd rather, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'd rather deal. I mean, they ran Andy Reid out of town. He's a pretty good coach. I'd rather deal with that than. Uh, sure. I mean, they were so successful with him. Um, it was. It got pretty frustrating towards the end. Sure, because the, because then you want to get over the hump. Sure. But yeah. Um, but for it's also really frustrating how good the Chiefs are at running the ball, considering he would never run the ball in Philadelphia. But. I can understand that. I can understand that. They, I think he, point. but I think he does a good job with the personnel that he has. I love Andy Reid. So. I, 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 Andy Reid fan. I have an Andy Reid T-shirt. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you have an Andy Reid T-shirt, size triple yeah. XL. Is he like eating a <laughs> no, cheesesteak? It, it says Andy, and he's the Y. He's like holding up his arms, <laughs> and he's the Y. Yeah. This is. We're gonna have to post a picture of that on the website. I only got it because um, we have the same name. But so I uh, I read somewhere that in his when they interviewed him for the Eagles job they took him out to dinner and he ate three steaks. <laughs> he just kept ordering steaks. For I would dinner. take the over on the three. <laughs> I would have more than that. Yeah. All right, um, Kim. The Dallas and Green Bay game this weekend was going to be huge regardless. Mm-hmm. But how big is it now for Dallas after they got upset by LA last week? It's not as big as it was. One's hyped up to be. I mean, no, but it, but could you argue it's bigger now since Dallas lost a game they, the people didn't think they were going to lose, and I mean they've got to keep pace with the division and and the conference now. I mean, yeah, Dallas is two and two. Um, I have to say, if the Packers do lose against the Cowboys, um, this coming week, that would be a huge disappointment to me because I know that Dallas hasn't been playing as well as, you know, we all anticipated the play to play in the beginning of the season. Um, Green Bay is looking good. I know it was a game against the Bears, and the past couple seasons, the Bears, you know, well, they've been the Bears. Not the past um, couple seasons, really the past couple decades. Yeah. Um, you know, this will be the third time Prescott and Rodgers are meeting. Right now they're tied one and one. Um, the Cowboys picking up a win at Lambeau and the Packers picking up a win in the playoffs last season in Dallas. That, that was um, one of my absolute favorite games I've ever watched. Dallas definitely dominated this rivalry in the 1990s when we had Troy Aikman versus Brett Favre. Um, I don't doubt the Packers will come off with a win. Um, I think all eyes and pressure are going to be on the Cowboys and it'll be interesting to see if they're going to be the cocky cowboys that we've been seeing the past couple weeks or if they're really going to try and play smart and um get their game plan together um kevin did 
just because I know you watched every minute of uh, of Cowboys Giants Week One. Didn't you think when you watched that game, we didn't know how bad the Giants were going to be? I walked away thinking Dallas's offense is still really good, but the Giants have a great defense, and that's why Dallas only scored 19. And if you can contain your opponent to three, if their defense is a little better, I and and I just thought it's the same old game plan. They are going to run the ball. They play they play somewhat safe but smart on offense. They control the clock, and now they've really struggled to do those things a month in. So, um, do you think they're in for a rough season, especially now with Philly and Washington playing well? Yeah, their offense, their defense is playing pretty well. Be- better. Better, yeah. But they, their offense last year, you know, they had something really going there, and they seem to have lost it. I don't, I'm not sure if they're not getting the explosive plays on the outside, or their line isn't opening up holes as well for Zeke Elliott, or maybe teams just could game plan for them now because they're kind of last they're year rookie quarterback, year. rookie running back, kind of you know tough yeah. to get a grip on them. But they, yeah, they don't seem to have the same magic. It's still early; they they could turn it around, but. That it's a dominant good run they have, game. They don't have the magic they had last year. Yeah, they, last year they had that kind of something going on, that dominant run game, and then Dak Prescott would make the big plays when he needed to. But I think it all starts with the run game. They're not getting that like they did last year, which was such an advantage for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we saw the Cowboys a double-digit lead going into the second half, and they blew it. They lacked also in their passing game. I mean, the past couple weeks, I just think their offense has consistently been inconsistent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have Des Bryant on a couple of fantasy teams, and he has been non-explosive. I think he may have lost a step on the outside, and, you know, maybe that's hindering their overall. That's the word. That, that's the story so far this maybe year. Maybe it's the lack of tantrums. I don't think he has anything to have a tantrum about because it's not like he can point to the replay and say, look how wide open I was because, like Kev's saying, he doesn't get any separation. He's, he's not open. He's still, he still does decent because he's, like, great in traffic and stuff, and he's so big and strong, but he's not getting separation like he used to. There's there's it's certainly no, there, there's no stretching the field, and um, it hurts Witten. It hurts Beasley. It, it's just it, it, there is an impact there. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I, I am I'm enjoying all these impacts for the um, Cowboys. It will be interesting to Ter- Terren, uh Williams has been there for a few years. I, I I think he is what he is. It'll be interesting to see if Bryce Butler can um, fill that role somewhat. We've seen glimpses from him this year. Rick's kind of high on him. Um, of course, we'll Rick's see. high on him. Well, Rick rot- watches every snap of every Cowboys game, so I give he's him you know high on every kinda, Cowboy. He is, but. He, but I, but he, but sounds he's, like a euphemism. But he's, yeah, <laughs> but he's, but he's, we get honest Cowboys uh, uh, commentary from him. Um, okay, enough Dallas. Unless Kim, you had something else to say about Green Bay Dallas? No. Okay. Are you so, worried about the Packers injuries? Uh, well, we're about to get to that. Um, I oh, sure sorry. am. I sure am. The Packers. The, well. Packers have their injury situations. They also have their hands full in Dallas this weekend. I guess before we get to the Lions, let, let, let's talk about Green Bay. How soon do you think their tackles will be healthy and playing? I I wrote about this on the website. I hoped that they would make a return over a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm hoping within the next two weeks they can get some of their starters back. Yeah. I mean, all five of them have been out with injuries. doesn't help that Montgomery now has broken ribs. Um, I'm unsure about what he looks like for this Sunday's game. You think uh, – who's the running back that played kind of well against Chicago? Jones? Is that the rookie that came in and played pretty well? Aaron Jones, his, his first few carries of his NFL career – um, I mean, this is what they did with Montgomery last year. I mean, didn't didn't they have him come yeah. in as a running back and he turned into a, a well, wide no, receiver, well, vice versa, yeah. wide receiver, yeah. and turn him to running back? Um, you know, players can be versatile when when you're working with Aaron Rodgers and him. You know, really looking for his options out on the fields. But I mean, you don't have Jamal Williams with a knee injury. Yeah, um, that, they've they've got a litany of injuries and. I don't know. It's some of these teams. I just wonder because it just seems Green Bay is not the only one. It just seems like I found a number of the, for we have <laughs> we have uh, <laughs> we have we have Surrey talking back to Surrey participating in the podcast. Um, but some of these teams, I just wonder with their. Um, it just seems like the less they practice now in the off season. It just seems like September is just filled with injuries. Well, it seems like teams that are already taking a beating are getting banged up even more. And, um, you know, I guess that makes for an interesting second half of the season as some teams that have been playing really well as they go through their reserve list um, could potentially lose some games that could have easily been won. And if you get healthy, that's always a good thing. it kind of sucks, though. So much of, like, who's good and who's bad just comes down to who's healthy. Absolutely. It's all, And it's always been that way, but it just, I don't know. It feels know. like it's it just, more so than just, it used to be. Yes, I totally agree. And uh, there's a there's a lot of commentary from smarter uh, football people than me about how much they should be practicing in uh, in August versus in, in July and August versus not. Um, so you can read about that all you want, but it just seems like the less you train and practice, the more likely you are to get injured when you hit the field. That stuff's know. collectively bargained, isn't it? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And um, you know, and it's not just the injuries. We're talking about we're talking about poor offensive line play. I mean, for the Giants, it's really bad, but there are others too. Um, I, I just think there are. There are more injuries. There's less good offensive line play. Offensive line is a team within a team, and they have to practice. And uh, and if you take away that practice time, I don't know. I I, I just think there is um, yeah. Like how we should get an NFL coach in here. But how much can you I'm practice to it. get better at uh, the offensive line if you can't wear pads or hit each other? Yeah. Like. If you're just standing there practicing what you're supposed to in your protection, what is like we could we could go out there and <laughs> run up to hit the sled, but then not actually hit it. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah, mean like, be good <laughs> with nobody on the other side. The Kevin Sam Andrew left side of the line like might do decent, but when yeah. JJ Watts over there, it doesn't work out quite as well. I believe in us. Um, I think we could do some work. So yeah, so so Green Bay, one of one of several teams with injuries. Uh, Green Bay also now, Kim, kind of has their hands full with Detroit in division. Lions host Carolina in what's now a pretty big NFC game mm-hmm. um, this weekend, right? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope Cam Newton can pull off. Um, You'd like to see Cam get a big win? Some stats like the he uh, pulled off last week. Um, you know, the Lions have always been a threat to the Packers. A muted threat. Yeah. I think what's more important is that when the Packers play the Lions, they come off with that win. So that way they're not put into a situation where they could um, they could lose. lose. Yeah. Division standing. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's, I don't know, obviously Green Bay fans are going to root for Carolina because in that game, but uh, Carolina, we were ready to write off a couple weeks ago, and now all of a sudden um, barely beating Buffalo in a low-scoring game doesn't look so bad. Uh, winning at New England's good. That's a, I think we're going to end up picking that game on the website this week. The I, uh, And a couple weeks ago, as I'm looking ahead at the schedule, I did not think we'd be trying to predict what's going to happen in the Detroit-Carolina game, but we probably will now. That's that's become a big game. Um, you know, Detroit, everything they've gone through the last couple of years, um, Kevin and I play uh, play fantasy football together, Tip Hill Premier League. And, Kev, you remember Calvin Johnson, um, pretty big deal. <laughs> um, always, you know, first-round draft pick. So – it's just kind of baffling. The Lions, everything they've been through the last couple of years, they lose Calvin Johnson. They struggle to find a run game. Um, decent but not great defense. Yet somehow these last couple of years, they're hanging in there with Green Bay enough to at least be competitive in the division, right? Yeah. Um, I think their defense has been above average the last couple of years, which is a difference from what it was for most of the Calvin Johnson era. But, yeah, you know what is shocking, actually, is that – Jim Caldwell came in as coach and True. has really given him a lot of stability and toughness. Like the guy literally looks like he's asleep on the sidelines. I remember when he was the Colts coach and the whole joke was that Peyton Manning was the coach yeah. and Jim Caldwell didn't even like blink during games. But man, he's been good. He's been really good at the and, Lions. And he brought in offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> if that name doesn't sound like offensive genius you know i don't know what does um, yeah if he ever gets dropped by the lions i'm sure the sec would look to hire him as a coordinator hey, he would fit in well down there i was a, i was actually reading tennessee and some of these jobs that are going to be opening um don't that, that is he getting some head coaching that buzz that he's going to be a candidate nice um Arkansas okay so coach jim bob Cooter. um you know last thing that i was thinking <laughs> last thing i was thinking about the lions um that Matt Stafford contract story seems like a really long time ago, right? Yeah, he seems like he's gotten better this year, actually. Yeah, it's it's. I was the Lions had to pay him. I those those quarterback contract stories are always so stupid. So happy to see him get off to a decent start and and shut everyone up on that. Because their offense kind of sucks. Besides him, like he's kind of no, he, creating no, it all by yeah, himself. No, he he's a quarterback that if he's your quarterback, you have to pay him. Um, Okay, NFC South. Um, disappointing loss for the Falcons at home. And I think we talked about the Bills being a really legit defense, so maybe not that disappointing. Um, is Kim, you brought up Matt Ryan earlier and his year last year. Is he kind of coming back down to earth after his MVP season last year? Or just... I mean, he, he had a bad game uh, on Sunday against the Bills. Is 
Everyone, Thoughts? everyone has a bad game every now and then. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers and and. When does Rodgers have? Well, I guess the Packers when they had those was it four losses in a row last season. Um, it wasn't necessarily Rodgers having a bad game. It was the team had a bad game. Things weren't clicking. Um, I kind of look at Atlanta's game this past week as very similar. Um, things weren't clicking. They weren't able to make plays. Um, I don't think Atlanta's a bad team. They had a bad either. game. I don't either. Um, he he made some bad throws under pressure, and uh, he's also he, he has a new offensive coordinator this year. So we'll see how it all plays out. Um, Julio Jones was out for the second half, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Their top two receivers got hurt during the game. They look great up until then. They game they. Crushed the Packers a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I love those throwbacks. Man. It's like the what they were like the dirty I'm just, bird throwback. I, I guess um, with Carolina winning, um, th- with the Saints quietly getting back on track, um, and Tampa beat New York, but everybody does. I would just say that the NFC South is a more, I don't know, maybe maybe a lot more unpredictable than I thought. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't count Atlanta out. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. Okay, that, that's not what I meant. Um, oh, I mean, they can, they might be the best team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Carolina's got a difficult schedule coming up. They're going to play Atlanta twice. Um, you know, they got Green Bay. Is New is it way way too early to get excited about New Orleans being on a win streak? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that answer in a word. Um, that, that's fine. Uh, all right, NFC West, uh, Seattle won, it, and it would have been, I think, bad news if they didn't win big since Indianapolis is not a good team. Um, but we talked about L.A. going into Dallas and pulling off the upset. We talked about it more from from Dallas's perspective, but it's a huge win for the Rams. And then what's awesome is it sets up a huge game this weekend between the two, the Seahawks and the Rams. Um, and we're actually going to uh, give predictions on that game when we get into uh, when we get into Cam Sam, which is the, the segment we've gotten uh, a lot of nice feedback from you guys on. And we're going to do it again tonight. And Kim, I'll let you explain for our guests how this works. Okay, boys. Well, it's time for Cam Sam. So this is where I ask the questions and Sam has to answer. You guys get to play along since you're here. The only rules are that I want good answers and I'll control the pace here. So I'll try to prevent you guys from rambling and we'll hit a bunch of topics. We'll do NFL and college football both as we do every week. week. But tonight we're also adding some NBA questions and that's where we'll start. Are you ready? Ready. I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. Good. Well, we've seen a pretty crazy offseason in the NBA. Two trades took place that will have a big impact this year. Which one were you more surprised to see? Kyrie Irving to the Celtics or Carmelo Anthony to the Thunder? I'm going to let the I'm going to let our let our guests take this first. This um it's still my head is still reeling that Kyrie got traded to the not not only got traded but to the Celtics, the to the Cavs' number one competitor. Uh, even when he demanded a trade, I thought 
this is, you know, this is just more drama that's surrounding this team, and they're going to work it out, and he's going to, um, they're, you know, he'll go back to Cleveland. But now he's on this completely new look Celtics, and I still can't believe it. I mean, the NBA offseason is undefeated. You never know what to expect. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, <clears throat> um, it's wild. Is now, and with Carmelo, I, I, I thought Carmelo was going to get traded. And Kevin will tell you, I, th- I, I called the Thunder, too. He did. He did. Yeah. Long time oh, among, ago. Among many other teams, but still. <laughs> did anyone call the Carmelo Anthony Lala breakup? Oh, they got back together. Oh, they got back together? Yeah, they were. Already? Oh, wow. Yeah. Anything can happen. I'm out of the loop. <laughs> Love is real, man. <laughs> um, okay, so, so Kim asked about uh, which one you were more surprised to see. And, it, and for Andrew, it was, it was Kyrie going to the Celtics. Kev... Um, was one more surprising to the other than you? Yeah, I would actually go off script and say not those two, but the Paul George trade to the Thunder earlier in the year from the Pacers was the most surprising because Kyrie kind of knew something was coming, Carmelo, something might be coming. And, boy, Paul George looked like he was going to Cavs, looked like he was going to a couple different places, and no one even suspected the Thunder with that one. Then just last second he came in there, and then – I've always been a huge Russell Westbrook fan. We had lots of debates last year on MVP. I was Team Westbrook all the way. and But it looked like they were stuck with that team for years. They never got a chance to get better. But boom, Sam Presti pulls out Paul George, who is like the perfect partner to Westbrook there, like can do all yeah. things on offense, can cover everyone on the team, doesn't need to be the main scoring guy. So that's the one that shocked me. Yeah, this summer was really a masterpiece by Sam Presti. Yeah, uh, he's done. He's, he's 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 just to get rid of well the contracts that he gave up to these guys. You know, I and the return for Indiana for Paul George. Oh my God, what an embarrassment! Just a disaster. The you know, okay. So I, I don't I don't know any of these. Which one surprised me more? But um, a couple Carmelo Anthony things. You as a long suffering Knicks fan, you guys know how I feel about the Carmelo era, but. He has to have a good season. Well, he has to have a better season, for sure. No, he has to have a great season. And I and I don't define good or great by any stat, really. I'd like to see him shoot better percentages and rebound more and all those kind of things. But um, NBA analytics type stuff that Andrew can tell us about later in the NBA season. But um, what I really want to see is them get to the conference finals and Melo play a big role in that. And again, by big role, I mean contributing in a lot of different ways there's a lot of there's a lot of shots I, I don't know who's going to get them all but um for the last decade we've been having this um close to a decade having this Carmelo Anthony argument and all I've heard as a Knicks fan is how it's not his fault that Phil sucks it's not his fault that Dolan sucks it's not his like lots of it's not his fault and Kevin you justifiably um said hey look at what Garnett went through before um, the Boston Big Three. They don't have to. They don't have to beat the Warriors. They're probably not going to, but they do have to be really good in the West. And I, I don't care if he scores twenty five or sixteen a game. I would like to. And I say this not as as a totally um, scorn Knicks fan. I want to actually see him go do well because um, <laughs> it'd be if, awesome. Well, first of all, if the Thunder get to the I think he's gonna con- do if, awesome. If the Thunder yeah. get to the conference finals and we get 
KD versus Russ in the West Finals. That's going to be, and they both yeah. have a supporting cast. It's That's going to be fucking amazing. It's, it's going to be a fight for the Thunder to get like the two or the three seed because the West is so loaded. And, and, we, and we'll, I think Kim's got more questions for us, so I don't want to get too ahead of it, but that's my, rather than surprise, that's kind of my thought on Carmelo Anthony to the Thunder, is there, it's kind of a put-up-or-shut-up time. Yeah. Last chance. I'm, I'm like the world's biggest Carmelo apologist, but I'll just give this one reason for optimism, is that he's going to start at the power forward. He's going to go full-time at the four, and the last time that he played full-time at the four was, I think it was 12-13. 2012-13 when they won 54 the the, games. The year and that they was out got of to the semis against Indiana. Because Sotomayor was hurt. Yeah, But I I, I, I really like this Thunder team. And I, I, I think that they these three players really complement each other really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would be optimistic if I was a You know what they should team. do? I think it would be fun. Just to like make this not just a crazy but the best offseason ever, they should also like right now, maybe like tomorrow, like move back to Seattle. Be amazing. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> All right. So Kyrie Irving, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony. Um, it should be an interesting start to the NBA. Oh yeah. Okay, I've got a good college football question here, and tonight is the perfect time for it since we have the basketball guys here. It looks like Alabama and Clemson are really separating themselves from the rest of the field. If they play for a third straight year in the national championship game similar to what we just had in the NBA, is that good or bad for college football? Hmm. As somebody who doesn't follow college football religiously like Sam, I would be stoked. I would be really excited to see the rubber match. Kevin? Okay. No, No, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, I think it's okay. I I mean, I I think it might be great if they played in the finals. I'm a little concerned, though, that those two teams seem to be separating themselves so much from the rest of the pack. I don't want it to see – I mean, part of the great thing about college football is the kind of any given weekend type thing. Yep. And these two teams right now seem like they're so far ahead of everyone else. I don't want to take away from the magic of the regular season. Um, okay, the reason I say, yes, it's good for college football, and here's why. So if we were still playing in the BCS era – and only the top two get a chance to play for the title, then I wouldn't be so quick to say yes. But now um, four teams get a shot, and I think that's perfect. So if you run wild through the Big Ten or Pac-12 or Big 12 or whatever your conference is, um, there's a really good chance that your school is also going, and then you get a shot at Clemson or Alabama. So, um, so to me, so to me, Two separating themselves is okay because all of the whining in the past was about, well, what about that third or fourth team and could they play with them? Well, now you get your chance. So if there are a couple that are really dominant, um, a couple more are going to get a chance. And then also uh, college football, kind of like Ohio State did against Alabama in 2014, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't supposed to happen. So, um, and college football has a great postseason because we take a Final Four. We don't need any more than that. That's the perfect amount. But then there's the New Year's Six bowl games and all the other bowl games, and it's the holidays, and lots of teams get to end their season on a good note. So um, I- I'm fine with us knowing that a couple dominant teams are going to the Final Four because basically everybody else gets to participate in, in, in the postseason, even if it's just glorified exhibition. It's still fun. Plus, don't even bank on it that it's definitely going to happen. I mean, in college football, more than anything else, there's upsets along the way. 
these are like 19 year old kids like yeah you know someone bangs someone else's girlfriend and the team falls That's apart exactly you know? what i was thinking yeah <laughs> we've all been there you got the drama going on well yeah okay all right back to the nfl um through four games the buffalo bills are leading the nfl in scoring defense something that i just talked about um a little while ago um they've given up a mere 54 points for the season which is less than 14 points per game i think 13.8 to be exact um do the bills have the best 13 and a half math teacher 13 and a half darn um do the bills have the best defense in the league who'd like to start who's the biggest bills fan here I, I can they wait. They looked and awesome against Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, they looked awesome on Sunday. Yeah, they looked good this week. Who are the other I candidates? Uh, Denver would be up there, certainly. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Do you guys want some stats? Yeah, give it to me. Okay, so, so like Kim told us, the Bills are the best scoring defense. The Broncos are the best yards per game allowed defense. And again, I've heard uh, a lot of great arguments both ways over the years for which one's better. It, Traditionally, I like the best scoring defense the best because if you prevent the other team from scoring, they can't win. But a lot of the times, best yards per game allowed defense is a. You can make an argument it's a better indicator because if you can't move the ball on them, you can't win. Whereas turnovers and field position stuff come into play too. So both of those are good. Bills leading a scoring defense, Broncos in uh, total defense or yards allowed. Um, one thing you can do is look at the takeaway giveaway stat. And the Bills are second to Detroit right now in the NFL at a plus six um, ratio for the season. They've taken it away seven times and only turned it over once. So if the Bills offense is doing, well, it is doing a great job helping the defense. And that's always something to consider. Um, it's a team game. So how much faith you have in the Bills offense to continue to help the defense in that regard kind of tells you where they're going. Uh so I'm really high on the Bills' defense, but we need to see if their offense can can continue that. Last year, the Patriots had the best scoring defense in the NFL, and a big part of it is because they have Tom Brady orchestrating long drives down the field, uh, so they get the advantage of field position and time of possession on their side. Can the Bills' offense continue to help their defense this year? I think that's really what you have to watch if you if you have really high expectations for the Bills continuing to have a dominant defense all year. Tyra Taylor, the Bills, they, they have to not turn the ball over, play field position games, and maybe they can. So so let's go with yes. Let's let's hope for uh, you know, Central New York, they got the best defense. We'll, we'll cool. see. I never I never trust the Bills really with anything. It's they've hard. had a lot of good September. They've, they've had good Septembers before. All right. Let's move to more basketball. So earlier we mentioned Kyrie Irving coming to Boston, which reminds me, you guys started the being Danny Ainge yeah. hashtag on Twitter last summer when you were doing the NBA Finals podcast. So, Kevin, maybe Danny Ainge didn't pull off a trade for Anthony Davis, but if you were a Celtics fan, would you be satisfied with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward? First, you know, it's really great that that hashtag being Danny Ainge took off so much. Like, really, really took the Twitter America. world by storm. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. great. That was yeah. great. Um, I'm not much of a Twitterer, but that got me excited. Though. Yeah, it was, it was outstanding. <laughs> so, yeah, being Danny Ainge, I kept saying in the spring that he should go put all his chips in and try and get Anthony Davis. 
He didn't do that. We laughed but, at you. You laughed at me, but then national writers started it's writing like the same story. <laughs> like they were talking about it all the time. So yeah. I appreciate you the laughter, the guys. I was. I think my hashtag being Danny Ainge is where those guys got it from. Yeah. But he didn't do that. But I think he couldn't have done much better. You know, he signed Gordon Hayward and then he couldn't get Anthony Davis, but he picked up Kyrie Irving, who in the last three NBA finals, well, the last two really, was a stud out there with the best players in the league. He hit the game-winning three-pointer in the last minute of the game two years ago. You know, that's a huge get. And then getting Gordon Hayward without having to give up assets. They still have more draft picks coming in the future, plus their young guys. Yeah, I think he did a great job this summer. Yeah, if I if I was a Celtics fan, which I am very much not, um, <laughs> it, would be, it would be hard to complain with anything that Danny Ainge did. I'm excited to see the Celtics. Um... And how they uh, how they fit together? They have the advantage of. I mean, a lot of teams really overhauled their lo- their roster this summer, but the Celtics have the advantage of being in the East, so they have a little bit more margin for error. Um, but they really, I mean, this is a completely different team. This is there's no Avery Bradley, no Jay Crowder, no Isaiah Thomas. The Avery Bradley is the only one that that I wish they. Yeah, I get the rest of it. I just and I know it's just so the cap. I, I think but there I might be over like eleven games. players or something like yeah, that from the number one seed wild. in the East. Um, but yeah, I I think that Kyrie is going to be gangbusters on in that Brad Stevens offense. I think that if just if he gets the shots that Isaiah got last year, I, Kyrie is a yeah, he's going to light it up. I agree. Um, being and it hurts my heart to say it. <laughs> No, it's good. This no, it's good. They're good villains. I, uh, okay, um, I I think being Danny Ainge was really good. Um, I know Celtics fans loved Isaiah Thomas, but if you can trade Thomas for Kyrie Irving, I think they all. Especially if it's a if it's an injured Isaiah Thomas. Exactly. Oh yeah, he yeah. might not be back till January, so, if then. Yeah. So. Stud gangbusters. I mean, who wouldn't want them in their um, oh their basketball court, right? Yes, uh, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> yes, yes, Kim. May. All right, back to college football. A few minutes ago, we talked about Alabama and Clemson and the great seasons that these two teams are having, but two of Alabama's rivals are really struggling, LSU and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Who had the worst loss on Saturday? Tennessee getting shut out by Georgia or LSU losing to Troy? I'm going to go with Tennessee getting shut out by Georgia. Tennessee, for years, they've had Butch Jones there. They've been trying to get better every year. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. It's never going to be the year. Uh, yeah, that was a terrible, terrible loss. LSU losing to Troy was bad because they're Troy. But at least it's the first year with a new coach. It's kind of a new regime. They're getting going with things. Yeah, I think that Georgia loss was terrible. I'm going to go with LSU. Um, where is Troy? What Alabama, conference Alabama. is Troy in? Sunbelt. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. Um, yeah, I've never heard of Troy. So I'm going to go with LSU. Um, Troy is a Sunbelt powerhouse and uh, have produced uh, good NFL players such as uh, DeMarcus Ware, Osiyu Manura. Uh, Troy is Troy, a, a good group of five program. Um, but not if – I mean, I'm – you might have to be obsessed with college football to know that. Um, okay, this the question. Getting back to Kim's question, um, it's kind of the ultimate race to the bottom question. Um, 
LSU should never lose to Troy at home. You're right. Um, I, and I, homecoming. I tried. Oh, yeah. And and Troy got paid a million dollars to be there. Yeah, they LSU paid a million dollars to lose that game. Um, so that is really bad. But <laughs> Troy is a decent group of five program, and this kind of happens, if not once a year almost, like Michigan losing to App State. and This just happens. The Tennessee loss, 41-0 to at home. Um, Tennessee hadn't lost a game that bad at home. Um, since they lost by 45 points to Vanderbilt in 1905, so before the First World War, um, that is that is so embarrassing. And Butch Jones is proving that for all of the good he's done off the field in kind of resuscitating that program from where they were, um, he just can't make good in-game coaching decisions um, or even prepare good game plans for his. His top rivals. If you think about last year, they got off to the good start, finally beat Florida, but then they found a way to lose that game to AM in overtime, and then they were embarrassed by Alabama at home, and then it all fell apart. So Tennessee, to answer your question, Kim, is is the worst loss. A um, couple things to consider with these two schools, as long as we brought them up. Um, both schools' athletic directors have really significant challenges ahead. And UT's loss was worse this weekend, but I think they're actually in better shape, and here's why. Um, John Curry's the AD there. He's done a pretty good job in, in a short time, and now he has to figure out how to best navigate the rest of this season because they have the top-rated recruiting class in the SEC for 2018, Tennessee does. So they have to somehow manage, and that's part of Butch Jones' shortcomings is he's recruited well. Um, if you're an NFL fan and you're watching uh, the Saints – Kamara, the, the rookie running back, you know, Tennessee guy, the, Derek Barnett on Philly, Tennessee, lots of Tennessee guys coming through that program and, and going to the NFL. Butch Jones is recruited well. They have an excellent recruiting class next year. He has to, so Curry, the AD, has to find a way to somehow maintain that despite the coaching change. But Curry's done a good job, and I think Tennessee's in a, in a better situation. Joe Oliva, the LSU AD, has been completely inept for about two or three years. They wanted to fire Les Miles. They let the news get out. They didn't control it. Then everybody wanted to keep Les Miles, and they couldn't fire him because he won a couple games at the end of the year. So then they keep him, and they go into 2016, and then they fire him. I don't know. They six, keep Ed Orgeron. Maybe six, Are they going to fire Butch Jones? Yes. But Butch Jones will be fired. Would Chip Kelly be your first choice? So here's the deal with Chip Kelly is he's always coming up in all these college um, coaching uh, vacancies. I think the world wants Chip Kelly to be a college coach, and every pro, every major program that has an opening wants Chip Kelly to come be their coach. There is zero, none, no evidence that Chip Kelly would rather coach college than the NFL. He wanted, he wanted to stay with the Eagles. They let him go. He was willing to go take a cupboard bare San Francisco 49ers roster. Um, he 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 could have when. When he took the 49ers job, he could have waited it out for a really good college job and, like right now, been number one or two on everybody's list. So we're going to hear two names a lot. Chip Kelly, mm -hmm. who he has never insinuated that he'd rather go back to college than the NFL. So if you get Chip Kelly, congrats. But my opinion, he's settling. Mm -hmm. and, right. and he will be gone to the NFL yeah. as soon as he can. And then the other one that's going to come up over and over again is Bob Stoops, which – um, really great interview on um, Andrew's favorite uh, radio show, the Clay Travis Show, this morning, 
with JR from WWF, who's a really good friend. JR? Yeah, who's a really good friend of Bob Stoops. Oh. Um, the King Lawler? Wait, Bob Stoops is really good Bob, friends oh, with JR? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're really good friends. And JR told this story about how when his wife died, the Stoop, Bob Stoops and his wife came over for several hours and they hung out. And No, they're really good friends. And um, JR is like a, a huge uh, uh, Oklahoma fan. He's from there. And he's. Anyway. Uh, Bob Stoops is the other name you're going to hear constantly, but everyone close to Bob Stoops has said he has he, he has um he, he's very clear that he doesn't want to be Joe Pa, he doesn't want to be Bobby Biden, he doesn't want to be the 80-year-old coach at these schools. He um he's enjoying his kids um he has two kids playing high school football this year. He's enjoying watching them. Like he doesn't want it doesn't sound like right now. Doesn't mean it can't change, but Right now, he doesn't want to go back to, to coaching. so he, Isn't he still fairly young? He's, But that was his point, is that he wanted to get out at, like, age 55. He didn't want – he specifically said, I'm not going to be Joe Pa. I'm not going to be Bobby Bowden. There's, yeah. I want to live – He's still got, like, 20 years before Every those I guys, hear, though. like, what these football coaches, what their, like, day-to-day is, what their Monday to Friday is, I'm just like, that sounds like the worst existence. They wake up at, like, 3 a.m., yeah, yeah, and and the college is probably better than than the NFL for that. But then again, they also have to deal with recruiting. Oh my God, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, um, everything I've read does not enjoy recruiting. Wants no part of it. He views himself more as a as a strategy guy, and he would rather be in the NFL. So we're gonna hear Chip Kelly and Bob Stoops' names over and over again for all these jobs, not just Tennessee, possibly LSU, possibly Texas A&M, lots of big openings probably in this off season. I don't know that any of them are for sure getting those, you know, those candidates. So, but anyway, Joe Oliva, the AD at LSU, I just wanted to say has done a terrible job, tried to get Tom Herman, tried to get Jimbo Fisher a couple times, totally mismanaged the Les Miles thing. And now they're losing to Troy. On Saturday night at home on homecoming, so I actually think LSU has the tougher road ahead than Tennessee. Even though I think Tennessee had the worst loss this weekend. Sorry, Kim, I I went on for a while. But. Yes or no? Are these teams in jeopardy of losing those recruits over one bad, horrible, no good loss? Very bad. So yeah, so so the, the so the challenge for. The challenge for for John Curry, the AD at Tennessee, is: Do you come forward right now and fire Butch Jones and reach out to this recruiting class and explain to them um, what you're doing? Can you pull that off when you don't have the next coach lined up? I don't think you can. So the kids are the kids committed to Butch Jones. So I think you have to ride out the season with Butch Jones and if you make a change don't don't do it mid-season don't do it mid-season and don't do it until you have the next coach lined up I, I that's what I've learned from the past probably five ten years with these college coaching jobs is if you're LSU and you want to fire less miles don't do it not having your your plan in place and then taking Ed Orgeron, who's your fourth choice because Jimbo Fisher was choice one, choice two again, and then Tom Herman's choice three, and then there's nobody left, and you go with, with Coach O. Um, so 
Ride it out. I, Ride or die. I think until you have something, until you have something definitive. All right. On the flip side of those games, Georgia looks great. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and they. And I thought they were wrong to fire Mark Rick, but with the way they're playing this year, man, they look awesome. They could be headed for a collision course with Alabama in that SEC championship game. It'd be the first time since like 2012 that it was competitive when it was Georgia versus Alabama. Oh, I in a fantastic that. game. That one was Aaron, great. The Aaron Murray game yeah. down to the five yard line. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be very exciting. Good stuff. All right. Important NFL question. Ooh, important. The LA Rams, this might be surprising. They're leading the NFC West at 3 1. The Seahawks beat the Colts Sunday night to get back to 2 2. Now Seattle goes to LA this weekend. Do the Seahawks win this game and get back into first place in the division? Or do you think we'll be seeing a passing of the torch? That the Rams will win this game and start to actually distance themselves from the Seahawks. I'm going to vote for passing the torch. I'm buying LA. Wow. Yeah, I love the way their offense is playing. And their defense, I think, is going to get a lot better throughout the year. They've been giving up a lot of points. But they have a ton of talent there. They have Wade Phillips as their D coordinator, who we Our all— Our favorite Cowboys coach ever? He's one of my favorite head coaches ever because he was the Cowboys coach and was just a bumbling bonehead. But <laughs> as a D coordinator, he's awesome. He's been awesome for, like, 40 years. He's so good. So, yeah, yeah I'm buying the Rams. Uh, Andrew? Uh, I'm going with the Rams as well. The Rams got some heat. Uh, I like the Rams as the surprise playoff team this year. Um, Aaron Donald, beast. Yep. Jared Goff, redemption season. Uh, yeah, I like the Rams. And what is their coach like? Thirty years old? Twenty-seven? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. How does it make you guys? How does it make everyone feel when their coach is five angry. years younger than you? <laughs> it makes me a little At least. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's he's done a great job, and you got. You guys are right, um, except the Rams and the Seahawks have played these low-scoring, ugly games the past couple of years when it was the Jeff Fisher Rams. <coughs> so that I'm this is such an unknown to me. I don't I don't know now the new Rams how they're gonna how they're gonna fare against the Seahawks. I think that the Seahawks defense is going to get after Jared Goff. And I think we're going to see him exposed a little bit. Not that he's not having a good season and not that he's not going to have a good career, but I'm just interested to see how, how he handles the Seahawks' pressure. The combination of pressure and coverage from that secondary, it'll be interesting to see if he – Seahawks a lot better defense than Dallas. So we'll see. Interesting. Um, thinking the weather forecast for L.A. is looking um, – Bright, sunny, clear skies. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Okay, back to basketball. That what, was it going to be. What, what was it going to be in LA this weekend? Is that, I, no I thought it was always like that in LA. I feel like since the Rams have gone to LA and the weather has been better, oh, it's even than, better I mean, than yeah. usual. Okay, yeah. all right, good to know. Um, okay, back to basketball. We discussed the job that Danny Ang has done in Boston and change, we're going <laughs> we're going to get a chance to see the Celtics on opening night. Tuesday, October 17th is the NBA opener this year and there are two games on TNT, Boston at Cleveland and Houston at Golden State. Which opening night game are you most excited for? I am the wrong person to ask this because I am so excited for both of them. I love the NBA so much. 
Um, if I had to choose, Christmas morning for Andrew. If I had to choose, I would say Celtics Cavs because I think that there is real and true animosity between Kyrie and LeBron. Um, and I'm interested to see what kind of reception Kyrie gets in Cleveland. Um, and these both teams are completely different. It's crazy. The NBA offseason makes me feel lots better. of storylines are down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that one I'm most excited for just because it's first. <laughs> true. Now, are you going to stay? Just because I'm it's first up, is a great I'm reason. Staying up, You're I'm staying, staying up, up all night. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. I, Opening night, definitely. I think I will, too. I hate making coffee for these games, but I think I will, too. I don't want to DVR the second one watch for the next day. Yeah. I think I'll, I think I will. Uh, I, I, oh, it's a Tuesday. That's so annoying. But All right, Kev, what, what do you think? Which one I think Houston and Golden State. I'm excited to see Chris Paul and a Mike D'Antoni offense. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds fun. Uh, and see Harden and Chris Paul, the two point guard offense out there. And plus, I mean, just the Warriors are amazing to watch. I'm a little worried. I mean, I I love the Celtics Cleveland. I'm just worried it's gonna be a little sloppy because there's so much, so many new parts on both sides there. By the time they play in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's gonna be great. When LeBron and Kyrie are staring each other down, I'm not so sure they're going to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a different podcast. That, that is a different podcast, but I just let me guess. This is the Wizards' year. The Washington Wizards. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, but that's that's a later podcast. Um, I, I, th- th- this is a no-brainer for me. It's the Boston Cleveland one because, um, LeBron's still the biggest story. LeBron versus Kyrie and the LeBron's the biggest story and then Kyrie saying no you're not <laughs> um, yeah and Kyrie I, keeps taking shots at LeBron and LeBron yeah, has been for once in his life taking the high road <laughs> it's it kind of deflected but it that plus is they got Dwayne Wade now on the Cavs yeah. like yeah that's fun why I don't know. I think it's just kind like of fun. It. I like it. I, I don't know it, how much impact he, it's going to make, but it's Ginobili. fun. I think he, he could be like there, Ginobili. I just, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, like the wise veteran coming off the bench, even though he's going to start because he's whatever. But yeah, I, I. But to make the case for Rockets and Warriors, I am very intrigued with the Rockets, um, and if Chris Paul and James Harden will work. Um, James Harden was point guard of a top 10 offense ever last year top 10 offense in league history and daryl morey his mo is just add talent and worry how they fit together later yeah and and it's largely so worked. i'm of two minds you know i'm like oh can they share the ball but at the same time it's d'antoni offensive genius yeah i want to see yeah i mean they could be the second best team in the west or they could you know implode we didn't even list that as one of the trades in the beginning. The Chris oh, Paul Chris to the Paul. Rockets. Yeah, I think I said on this podcast that it, there's a hundred percent chance that Chris Paul resigns with the Clippers. So <laughs> take that for whatever it's worth. All right. Well, the, well, the next question is similar to the last, but this time in college football. What game are you most excited for this weekend? Syracuse versus Pittsburgh. Mm, good pick. Go Orange, okay. Syracuse, Pittsburgh. Okay, we have, now we for have a real a couple, pick. And that, that doesn't actually count as college football. That's more like high school. We have a couple homers in studio. I should add, we're in the Syracuse Technology Studio. Um, all right, do you have a do you have a, another one? Do you have one in one A? Yeah, um, I'll be at the Syracuse Pittsburgh game, so I'm excited for that one. I'm more excited. Who knows if we'll even go in? I'm more excited to tailgate for that one. 
But the Michigan Michigan State game, I'm, I'm excited for, because choice. I've been a uh, Jim Harbaugh apologist for years, and I kind of want to see what they're made of this year. Michigan State, they're a lot better than they were last year, and you know, let's see what they got. That is a good one. Um, also, <laughs> the um, well, first of all, there's there's so many this weekend, and we'll have a bunch picked on the website for you guys. Um, maybe the biggest selection of games we've ever done on footballpod.com, Kim. Um, so you guys check that out. But mm-hmm. um, if I had to pick one, I'm going to go out west. Not really Pac-12 after dark, but more of a Pac-12 as- after dusk because it's an 8 o'clock Eastern kick. Washington State at Oregon. Um, we'll learn if Washington State's an actual college football playoff contender or we'll see how close Oregon is to getting back into contention for good in the Pac-12 North, um, but I think that's a that's a big time game out west, and I'm excited to. I, I just Washington State with a win, the big win over USC. Can they can they now go on the road and win another big game, this time in division, two weeks in a row. Mike Leach, we'll, we'll see we'll see what you got, so. Um, Andrew, any, anything other than Syracuse Pitt that you wanted to uh, to point out this particular college football weekend? Um, <laughs> no. There's there's so many games that uh, it's yeah. big game. This is a big game for Syracuse. I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let you see is, where the day it takes is, me. It is a you know? I mean it is a huge Syracuse game a, because not not a huge game like game. will they make it's a, a huge playoff or a bowl game even, but will their whole season be garbage or will they have a competitive but season? But what's great about this com- this game at the Carrier Dome this weekend is it's equally huge for the two. They're the two, if you don't count BC, which I kind of don't, they're the two Northeast programs in the ACC. And neither one is ever going to unseat Penn State and beat Penn State for recruits in you know, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, for the most part. But for, for Syracuse, but Penn State's in a different conference. So for per- Syracuse and Pitt, um, I think winning this rivalry and Pitt's gotten it, I think, four years in a row. It's a big deal for the little bit of recruiting crossover that you do have. And I think they're both two and three. They're both I don't know. We're going to learn a lot about both teams, and is one of them going to go on and have a good enough season to become bowl eligible? Not for the sake of being bowl eligible, just but just for the program being in the right direction. And is one not? And I think this game might be, might be, the, you know, what decides that. So it is a big game. Speaking of Penn, um, not Penn State, UPenn <laughs> yeah. plays Central Connecticut Blue Devils on Friday night. They do. Um, I will definitely be watching. Central Connecticut had a big loss to Syracuse on um, September opening, 1st. Opening. So, um, you know, yeah. yeah, big loss. Huge. Besides um, that game, I'll be interested to see the LSU at Florida matchup. It's supposed to be a close game and – it looks like it'll be some good to, college that's, football. That's weird to me that the line is still so close on that game. I guess Vegas just does not trust Florida to ever play anything other than like the level of its competition because LSU has shown us nothing. And when I looked today, that was a three-and-a-half-point spread. Florida should cruise. That game's in Gainesville. Florida should absolutely win that. On the strength of its defense and somewhat of a newfound running game, Florida should cruise past LSU, but – who knows that 
that one is intriguing to me too. LSU's a mess. Florida's just always in the Jim McElwain area era, kind of a, a mess, but generally finds ways to win games. So good call. I'm I'm interested to see how that one plays out as well. The UPenn Central Connecticut's not <laughs> intriguing as well. Um, well, Kim, <laughs> since you insist, in case you get in case anybody out there is listening, Kim went to UPenn. Sam Can went to pu- Sam went question? to public school. What did you go to the games at the Palestra? Oh, uh, for basketball? Yeah, that's on my bucket list. Because uh, for football, it's it's Kim can tell you is Franklin Field, which, oh, is, no. which is the. I went to still, some games there when I was at Vill- when I, I went to Villanova and they played Penn. Oh, it, was, it wasn't that great. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Not the best basketball team. But yeah. Kim, um, kind of quiet after U Penn lost at home to Dartmouth last Friday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of surprised you brought that up. All right, moving on. Same question for NFL. Keep in mind that Green Bay does go to Dallas for a rematch of that ridiculous NFC divisional playoff game last year. You guys remember that, right? Sure do. And the Aaron Rodgers throw to Jared Cook. Yep. So Aaron showed the world that he was the true MVP that day in Dallas, and now he's taking the Packers back for the rematch. Isn't this the most interesting game in the NFL this weekend? I do think it's the most interesting game. Thank you, Kevin. That game in the playoffs last year was great. There's still Aaron Rodgers. It's still the Cowboys. Yeah, that one wins. Any thoughts? Most interesting game this weekend for the NFL? Uh, the most interesting game for me is whichever one Tony Romo is calling this week. I'm a huge <laughs> Tony Romo fan. I'm all in on the Tony Romo train. Um, but other than that, besides that, I'm going Cardinals-Eagles because I can't resist. <laughs> I don't think that Sam's going to invite me to talk about football again. Cardinals-Eagles. Okay. Cardinals-Eagles, the last time, the, the only Cardinals-Eagles game that, that I remember was the NFC Championship game when Larry Fitzgerald had, and I just looked this up, 800 million receiving yards against the Eagles to wow. beat them before they lost to the Steelers. He had a good player from that year. Yeah. 800 yeah. million yards was That's tough. Yeah, don't fact check that. I agree with Kim and Kevin. Um, Green Bay Dallas is my favorite non-divisional rivalry in the history of the NFL. Hmm. And, the, and, they, and the way that, that playoff game went down last year and just – the history, young people don't know this, but they, there's this thing called the Ice Bowl once. It was in the 60s. It was a really long time ago. Green Bay and Dallas actually played in the first two um, NFC, not, before the NFC, the first two NFL championship games to determine who goes to the Super Bowl. Green Bay beat Dallas both times to get to the Super Bowl, to win the first two Super Bowls, and then the Lombardi Trophy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Kim pointed out earlier to, today um, – what a great rivalry it was in the 90s when the Cowboys usually got the better of Green Bay. And now to today, the Des Bryant catch-no-catch catch game, mm-hmm. the Aaron Rodgers-Jared Cook game. Like, it's the best. It the, is. The, the, these are the two, with all due respect to San Francisco, these are the two premier teams in the NFC over the last 50 years. And they are the Dallas took the America's team name, Mm -hmm. but I think America likes Green Bay better overall. Um, It's awesome. No, I'm I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's something just about seeing those two uniforms out there. It's awesome. It's history. It's fun. It's don't love uh, Joe and Troy on the call, but otherwise it's pretty awesome but troy played for the cowboys and won a bunch beat green bay in the playoffs a bunch of times so i guess he earned that so 
you know, if my sister is listening, it'd be interesting to see if she takes out her 1996 Dallas Cowboys starter jacket and I can take out my 1996 Green Bay Packers starter jacket. Shut up. I knew you had the Packers one. Yeah. It was a house divided. Yes, it that certainly was. That Christmas that year. Wow. Uh, interesting, to say the least. Wow. Okay. Okay, back to basketball. Okay. <laughs> We talked about a couple entertaining opening night games. Which NBA team do you expect to be the most interesting this year? Not necessarily the best team, but the most interesting to watch and follow. I'm going to let Andrew take this one first. Cause... Um, I will gladly um, give the case for any NBA team and what makes them interesting, save for maybe the Chicago Bulls. But my choice is the Denver Nuggets. I'm very interested to see the Denver Nuggets. They are in a pack of teams that are going to be fighting for the five through eight seeds in the West. Um, Nikola Jokic is a freaking, he's amazing. He's the second coming of Arvidas Sabonis. He had a pass against the Warriors in the preseason the other night over the shoulder. He's just an incredible talent. Um, Yeah, and see how uh, Paul Millsap works into their new rotation. They have a bunch of young players, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. I'm very excited to see the, uh, the Denver Nuggets. Okay, so the Nuggets for Andrew. I'm going to go with the Thunder. I just We talked about it at the beginning with Russell Westbrook adding Paul George and Carmelo there. I'm just really interested to see how they all mesh together and if they can make it work or if they just explode fantastically. Like It should be really interesting and like comes together they could theoretically give the warriors like a legitimate rival to play against which would be great so looking at that one um portland out west and milwaukee in the east are the two that i'm excited to watch but um i'm going to change my answer because kev you reminded me about the whole Dwayne wade thing so i'm just this is a cop-out answer but i'm going cleveland because i think they're going to at times be a dysfunctional mess and I don't know how they are going to pull this off. Well, first of all, I don't know. I don't. Are Wade and and Rose going to be healthy all year? And then every single day fielding the LeBron going to LA questions. Um, Kevin Love just doing his best to not be the constant scapegoat. They're, They're starting just, him at center now. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited for that. I think that's really interesting. I am too. I just think he's. Um, he was not great that first year in Cleveland. Uh, the second year, I don't think they win the title without him. Um, last year, I thought was was decent, but just I don't know. We'll he never really like seemed so super comfortable in the third wheel role. No, and yeah. and and now you have I just like now all of a sudden for the first time in his career. Derek Rose is going to um, be a, like have, what role does Derek Rose have? This team in 2012 would have been no, awesome. No, yeah, no, no. watched a lot no, of Derek I, Rose I, last year. I disagree. I disagree Don't. in 2012 because how can you have LeBron and Derek Rose? Dwayne Wade, when he's healthy, can complement LeBron. At what time in Derek Rose's career could he have not needed the ball in his hands all the time? Oh yeah. He, def- he needs the ball. A backcourt of Rose and Wade is not enough shooting. So you're interested to up. watch the car crash? Yes. Yeah, I think I, I, I think the I, I think you have a lot of guys that are going to have a lot of answering to do in a lot of post game press conferences, and I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, you look at their roster and you say, yeah, it makes sense that LeBron might want to leave after this year. I think I'm higher on the Cavs than you guys. I, I, I like the, that Wade is back with the Cavs and this, this is very much LeBron's team now and that Kevin Love can be the second best player. Was it ever not LeBron's team? Yeah. Uh, there, there was a little push and pull. Um, yeah, a lot of Kyrie and LeBron, I think. Okay, yeah. I, I, I can kind of see your point. Um, because there is no, there's no one now that you could say is and, a one one A in, and in any way. Like hindsight is twenty twenty. That maybe some of the, the drama and the discord in that locker room was due to Kyrie and LeBron not getting along, which just came to a head this summer. Yeah. Um, if if Derrick Rose, um, and if Derrick Rose did the Gary Payton um, thousands of shots a day summer program and is going to be yeah, able to stand it. in the corner and drain threes, then maybe. Yeah, don't think. If, if Dwayne Wade about, did the same shooting program, one thing I know about Derrick Rose to... is Derrick Rose is elite at not passing to a wide open Chris Appleton. I guess he's just like better than anybody <laughs> else in the league and not. I just. I, I don't. I still expect the Cavs. It all depends on Isaiah Thomas. If he comes back healthy, he scored 30 a game last year yeah. on the Celtics. Again, but he's again, not back if, January. If he least. comes back and he's full strength, they're almost better. If you had him and Crowder, Crowder is a really good piece to fit around Crowder's LeBron. Good. Crowder, Crowder is a Crowder great is a nice complimentary player, yeah. piece for LeBron. But again, Isaiah Thomas is. Um, he's in a contract year. And they're only gonna have a look at him for like three months plus the playoffs. But again, that, that, who, that's kind of like a powder keg. But I can who, see that going sour. But who's who's bringing the ball up the court every time? <sighs> Doesn't matter. It should be LeBron. He should just play point guard. I, I, anyway, Kim, that, you got our answers. All right, so we're gonna go out west for our next college football question. USC lost at Washington State last Friday, but are they still the favorite to win the Pac-12 South Division? And a follow-up to this, is Washington State the favorite in the Pac-12 North? So I'll say USC is still the favorite in the South because none of the other – I mean, there's some teams there, but it Washington – not Washington State, just Washington. They're still in the North, and I think they are still the favorite there. They went to the playoff last year. They're still undefeated this year. They're, until someone knocks them off, they're the team in the Pac-12. Agree on USC. Um, Utah can make things interesting this week if they beat Stanford um, because then they'd be undefeated and going into USC. Utah hasn't lost yet. If they beat Stanford, they'd still be undefeated and going into Southern California for that game in a couple weeks. Um, Washington versus Washington State. The reason that I'm going to disagree with Kev on this and go Washington State's the favorite is based on what we've seen right now to this day. Washington State has beaten USC. And Washington has basically beaten no one. And Washington plays a garbage non-conference schedule every year. So when those two teams play, Washington can prove me wrong. But if I had to pick right now, at least I've seen uh, – and Claire and I were traveling last weekend and got to her sister's and, and brother-in-law's house in Massachusetts late Friday night just in time for me to turn that game on. Um, so I actually was up and watched it. Um, I've at least seen Washington State win a big game. Washington, not only have they played no one non-conference, their schedule doesn't really pick up until November. I mean, they're not going to play anyone for a while. So, What was the Washington in the um, the playoffs for college football last year? So, so Washington had a good year last year. They won the Pac-12, and they beat Washington State in the Apple year. Cup. They had a great year. 
Um, and they they played Alabama about as well as anyone not named Clemson in the playoff. So uh, there's plenty to be excited about for Washington. I just hate that they don't play – like, they play no one non-conference. So Washington State had that exciting – I think it was – I don't think it was triple. I think it was double overtime win against Boise State. Boise State's not great this year. But Washington State-Boise State is still a lot better than anything Washington did non-conference. And now they had to play USC from the south. Washington and USC don't play regular season this year. Might meet in the Pac-12 championship. But just with the way the schedule is and who's played who – thus far I go Washington State okay any thoughts Andrew yeah I like Washington State but watch out for Utah in the south yeah all okay. right yeah me too I, I agree it's it not inconceivable not inconceivable that Utah could could beat Stanford and head to USC for a big time game in the south next weekend 100% all right, well, we've had a lot of bad NFL injury news as of late, and we're going to discuss some of that. Both Derek Carr of the Raiders and Marcus Mariota of the Titans left their respective games on Sunday with injuries. Carr will miss at least a couple weeks, maybe even more. Mariota hasn't been ruled out yet, but a hamstring injury can be tough. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. The backups for these teams are E.J. Manuel for the Raiders and Matt Castle for the Titans. If both of these backups play this week, who's in worse shape? The Raiders or the Titans? I think the Raiders are in worse shape because really? Titans have a better team around them. They got they run it a lot. They got the two running backs there, Murray and uh, Henry. Okay. So they, I think they got more diverse offense to work with. They're not going to rely on the quarterback. Castle is terrible. He's worse than EJ Manuel. How but, is he still in the league? But I agree. I, I think I agree with your point. Tennessee's offense could could lean on their running game. Maybe both have tough matchups. Both have mm-hmm. tough matchups because Miami has been bad on offense, but um, good defensively, and Baltimore's good defensively. So, whew, I don't, I've heard, I, I heard some commentators saying that if. Derek Carr is out for say two weeks and not six weeks. That it might actually end up being good for the Raiders because they could get back to their identity of pounding the ball and using their offensive line, which is supposed to be off the charts. Good, they've just been throwing a lot, and they could kind of change their identity back to what people think they should be. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. He he also like he broke his back, so he could be out for the whole rest of the year or even longer. Like those things linger for careers. So terrible injury. It's hard to say Um, this might be a good thing for him. But I like Kim's question about who's in worse shape, the team that starts EJ Manuel or the team that starts... So, so you're going with the Titans? Are, I agree with Kev. The Titans are in better shape. Okay, so you're going with the Raiders. Are in worse shape. Yes. Are in worse shape. Okay. Andrew? Uh, yeah. Let's make it a clean sweep. <laughs> we came to a consensus. But again, this is, a, this is your second race to the bottom question tonight. <laughs> this one, I mean, Castle's terrible. Castle's really bad. You know what yeah, this- <laughs> Castle's awful. The, wor- the worst thing that ever happened to the Chiefs was when Tom Brady blew his knee out because it ruined one year. That play ruined one year for the uh, Patriots, but it ruined like the, five for the Chiefs. For the they Chiefs. signed yeah. Castle for like $80 million. You know what? He might what have think, his Kim? chance to shine. You think? You know? He's had a lot of chances to shine. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been a he's been You never around. know. All right. He's- well, building off of our last basketball question, um, who is the second best team in the West this year? Mm, a 
It's hard. Um, I think it would be stupid to bet against the Spurs, even though I'm I don't know what to expect of the Spurs. Um, I, their offseason was curious. Um, I I'm a, I, I was a little annoyed to see that the answer to this question has pretty much been consensus, at least in the people that I follow and listen to, that it's the Thunder now, because I thought that they were the second best team before they got Carmelo. Um, I, I really like what they can do on the perimeter with uh, Robertson and Paul George. And uh, I very much believe in my dude, Jeremy Grant. Um, their bench is a little thin, but I would say Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah, I would give anything for Oklahoma City Gold State playoff series. It'd be amazing. Okay. Second best team in the West. Yeah, I love what Oklahoma City's done, but I think I have to go with the Spurs because they're the Spurs and they're always the second, the best or second best team in the West. Yeah, they got the regular season figured out. The only thing I'm worried about is Kawhi is kind of injured right now. That's true. He's supposed to be back for the regular season, but yeah, I'll go Spurs. No chance for Memphis. I think it's going to be Memphis. There, there are a bunch of teams. It could be Minnesota. It could be Houston. What? It could be, it could be a ton I do of teams. not think it's going to be Houston. I'm not nearly as high as you guys are on that trade, I and I don't think the two-point guard system is going to work. And all the stuff we just talked about with Cleveland, with who's bringing the ball up the court, I just I, – I do not think it's going to be Houston. All right, who's your pick? Uh, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City? More, mm-hmm. ju- more just because – well, no, Memphis. Well, no, Portland is my uh, wishful thinking, but I'll go Oklahoma City. Also, kind of half reality, half wishful thinking. There's going to be two good teams who don't make the playoffs in the West. The West is stacked. It is, as usual. But even more so this year. More important is that the top of the West has gotten better. Like when Golden State got so good, it almost seemed like some teams were going to just pack in and be like, "Well, we'll be good in three years." But like Houston got said, "We're gonna re- we're gonna get even better." Get Chris Paul. The Thunder That's a really went good crazy. Point. Like. Everyone's trying to gear up as opposed to Minnesota, the talk last year. Was, Paul Millsap. Yeah. What you know what I like about it is if you're Houston and if you're um, OKC, they you you are a thousand percent right, and that's a really good observation. And so I, weird that Sam says that to me. I love I love that I cherish it. I love that ownership and management yeah, is all in. Yeah. I love that that's the attitude and uh, and yeah, it's there in the West and it's not in the East. And yeah, that, and that's and that's a big um, problem. Did you see the? Did you see the news about the All Star game? Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. So that is, I mean, that's a big change. Yeah, so it's gonna. They're still gonna pick twelve guys from each conference, but then they're gonna do captains. It's gonna be like a schoolyard pick. Oh, so it's still twelve from each yeah. conference. Yeah, uh, which kind of stinks. It'll be oh, funny when, like ready for like when 11 oh, see, of the first 12 picks are from the West. Oh, see, that kind of sucks, though, because then somebody yeah. like Stoudemire, or not, no. Uh, Lillard. Yeah, sorry. Like Conley <laughs> sorry. still My, hasn't made an all-star game, probably still um, won't. Like some of those guys on Portland and some of these teams are, are going to get totally screwed out of an all-star spot. Still. Meanwhile, you're going to have all-star Marchin Gortat. Or like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> like the East, yeah. Oh, that's Kelly Olenek. I was more excited for that when I, I just saw that. You guys' favorite player. Um, I was more excited for that news when I when I saw the headline, but okay, it'll still be fun know. though. Like, who's gonna get picked last? Oh boy, I'd still take the. I bet he'll be from the east. <laughs> All right, Kevin boys. Love. Kevin Love will go last. We're gonna head back to NFL. Okay. Yeah. And um, this question, interestingly enough, 
if anyone watched Jeopardy in the past week, um, anyone? I am not. No. I, well, I didn't, but I love Jeopardy. You know, Jeopardy has produced some really great moments in sport-related categories, but last Monday might have been the toughest type of sequence questions yet. Um, all three contestants struggled on the category titled NFL Teams by Hall of Famer. And Ooh, are you going to give us the questions? Well, they failed to name a single actual NFL team. So a little disappointment <laughs> with the Jeopardy contestants on last Monday. Um, so they would. So Alex Trebek, Trebek would read the um, the NFL Hall of Famers, and nobody could even not. They didn't just get the team wrong. What they named like a not even an like a baseball team or something. Well, they were just unable to answer the question with the correct NFL team. Oh, so for nobody NFL got a teams, right. but yeah. Okay. So very disappointing. So okay. um, back to football where the two of the best and most interesting teams last year were obviously the Patriots and the Falcons. Neither of them was very impressive on Sunday as they both lost at home. Which of these teams is most in jeopardy of not making it back to the playoffs this year, the Patriots or the Falcons? Tough question. The Falcons, because like Sam said before, I well, I think the Falcons might be the best in the NFC, but their division is tough. Everyone in the division is playing well. So they got a tougher road. The Patriots, while they haven't looked great so far, they're the Patriots. They've crushed it for like 16 straight years, so they're not going to just fall off a cliff now. Yeah, I guess I trust Belichick to get it done. Yeah, I'll believe the Patriots are dead when they're dead. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like Freddy Krueger. Okay, fair enough, yeah. All right, Green. Kevin. Yeah. As the Louisville expert in the room, this question is mostly for you. Oh, great. Okay. Do you expect to see Lamar Jackson back as Louisville for at Louisville for his senior year, or do you think he'll declare for the NFL draft? He's gonna go to the NFL draft. He he's probably getting paid by somebody already. I mean, not only is the Heisman Trophy winner, but he goes to Louisville. Apparently, they pay their players all the time. Apparently. Apparently, yeah. That's just basketball so far, but I don't trust anything going on Sometimes out there. Not paid in money. Yes, they they get, sometimes but they get paid. paid in, sometimes they're paid in other ways. <laughs> exactly. Are we talking about Nike sneakers or something else? Something a little more fun than sneakers. And also <laughs> Nike sneakers. <laughs> and I mean, sneakers are great too. So yeah, he's going to the NFL. He's going to NFL. Okay, watch out. Um, we know the Warriors, the Cavs. Wait, the- hold on. Wait, can can anybody else weigh in on that? Oh, sure. But okay. I, as as Kevin is the Louisville expert, I'm just taking his word. I just a good point. To... Uh, by the way, I can't believe you guys didn't say that Louisville NC State was your most interesting game this weekend. It's, up it's a good one. It's Thursday night. It's a really good one. And it's Louisville. And it's this morning. It was Louisville minus four at NC State, which is was shocking to me. Um, just a quick thing, as long as Louisville, because um, Andrew earlier asked about some of the college um, football coaching vacancies. Um, if Lamar Jackson's gone, this is. You guys will like this. Um, the Rick Patino crap at Louisville, how it impacts the football team is the AD is either on leave and going to get fired or was fired. The AD is going to be gone. I have an inside source who yeah. says that they want to bring the AD back. That the board there says you got one bad apple in, um, in Patino and everything else is doing good. We want to keep the AD. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens if they don't. Bobby Petrino's contract is written in a way that the buyout is cut in half if the AD is gone. 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. He had it written well so that I'm going to work here and here's the AD, but if that's not my boss anymore, my buyout's cut in half. So if Lamar Jackson's gone, um, I would imagine that uh, Petrino, as much as he likes working for that AD, would kind of like to see him be gone to open up options for Petrino. Because here's the deal. Louisville is not going to – they're not going to win the ACC. They're not going to the college football playoff. Their year was last year. Kevin and I argued about it all season. They missed their chance. And uh, I think Bobby Petrino, you were asking about Chip Kelly and Bob Stoops. Bobby Petrino, much more attainable and and ready to go succeed right away at a school like Tennessee than those guys, I, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. It will. I'll be happy to see him leave Louisville. That would be great. I would, I would too. All right. Since we have quite a few NBA experts um, here tonight, we know that the Warriors, the Cavs, the Celtics, and a few other NBA teams are going to be really good this year. But who's your favorite NBA team of the future? And if it's someone like Philly, are they good enough to be a playoff team this year? Um, I think that Philly uh, is absolutely the team of the future. I think that the the idea that they'll make the playoffs this year is a little premature. I mean, they're still going to start two rookies. Um, but I'm going to go against the grain a little bit. I'm going to shock you guys. The team I like is the Sacramento Kings. Wow. I love to air it's way against the wow. grain. <laughs> they, wow. they have a terrible front office. <laughs> It's been just a joke, but I loved Aaron Fox. Scalabissier was a disappointment at Kentucky, but he really came on late in the year. I still believe in Willie Cauley-Stein. I love the talent on Sacramento. I just hope that, that uh, Vivek doesn't uh, fuck it up, basically. Okay. Let hey. to Aaron Cook, man. Team of the future is the Sacramento Kings for Andrew. That's right. Kev, who you got? Wow. It could be the Celtics because they have so many young picks. And young players, young picks kind of fall well. They, they were in the conference finals last year. Yeah, so I'm going to go Sixers. Trust the process, baby. I brought, a, I bought a Trust the Process shirt. I'm all in on the Sixers. I love what they did where they said, we're going to lose for a couple years, and then we're going to be awesome for the next 10. I love Sim is going to be great this year. Uh, I think Embiid is the man. If Embiid can stay healthy, that's really the key to their future. If he's healthy, he's not. Well, he's probably not right at this moment because he never is. But five on five if he could be healthy, they they got it. So I'm all in on the Sixers. Okay, I'm not that old, but my time in Philly, maybe five or six years ago. I mean, you could buy tickets for the Seventy Sixers for like ten seven dollars. <laughs> Has something drastically changed since then? They're, they're probably oh less God, now. They, they, they've been terrible for a couple of years. They did this thing called the process, where the process hashtag they, the process. Yeah, hashtag yeah. trust the process. They yeah, it, yeah, it'd be hashtag trust the process. They said this is the process, and we are gonna lose on purpose mm-hmm. for like three or four years, and we're gonna get the top pick number of years in a row, and it's gonna be worth it in the long run because we're gonna get okay. the best players and they'll they'll all be like in their late 20s kind of like primes. what the bears are doing right now in the nfl yeah but like times yeah what the jets have been jets and bills been doing for the past 15 years okay okay <laughs> that makes sense yeah Sam? And then, so Except, now they got their picks now they said we're done with the process now we're ready to go and try and win huh. it's a, and it's a good it's a natural parallel that you would draw to bad nfl teams doing that 
but in basketball, remember, but in NFL, remember you need you know twenty two starters plus your kicker and your punter, and in basketball you start five guys and you only mm-hmm. play seven or eight deep. So in after the a couple years of doing this, trust the process. Yes. Like you should be able You're to stacked. totally revamp You're gonna be your gangbusters. So in the beginning, okay. the the people in Philly were like, "This is terrible. I hate this," but they've bought into it over the over the years. And I was down there this summer. And I just saw people walking around the streets with the trust the process shirts like crazy. It was awesome. Like, I, did, did you it get got one? me hyped up? I sure did. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I this is amazing. I gotta get. Did one you of go these. to Models? No, I went to some ski little store. Oh. Okay. Did you go to Pat's? No, I didn't go to Pat's. Oh, you should have. Um, a lot of letdowns here. Okay. Uh, I go Milwaukee, but I'm a former season ticket holder. I have no. I have Team no of the choice. future, Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. All right, going back to the NFL, question for you guys. Maybe even a mini debate here, but let's try and keep it quick. The NFL has shrunk its overtime periods from a max of 15 minutes down to 10 minutes. Is this a good move? I hope Kev says what I think he's going to say because I want to debate him. All right, you start, Sam. Yes, it's a great move. Um, They can't possibly talk about player safety and say they want guys to play a, a full fifth quarter every week or not every week but when and when a game possibly goes to overtime and ends in a tie uh it's an excellent move i i i actually i'm going to take it a step further i wish they would just end overtime no overtime in the regular season only in the playoffs game should end in ties the only person that would be really confused is donovan McNabb. the rest of us would say this is perfect and i'll let these guys go so sam is going with safety first kevin yeah, I'm disappointed, but I agree with you. I think they should knock it down to like either five minutes or just make it a tie. Like, yeah. once you get to that point, nobody wants to watch them just pull, go back and forth for 15 minutes like a lot of them do. Yeah. Um, I watched the Jets-Jaguars overtime, and I wish that it had been zero minutes. That was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> My vote is zero. I agree with Sam. Damn, I thought I thought when when Kim read this one off, I thought we might have some some debate here. Um, you know, I feel like I instilled some fear. Keep trying to tell you guys to keep it short. So, yeah, you're um, intimidating. Sure, yeah. she is. It's all in the look. She went to UPenn. She's so smart. let's go back to college football. Bryce Love, the excellent running back from Stanford, he ran for 301 yards on Saturday. This set a Stanford single game record. Love actually, not the movie, Love actually broke Christian McCaffrey's previous record of 284 yards in one game. So is Bryce Love having just as good of a season as Saquon Barkley? I think he's having a great season. Not as much Saquon Barkley because Saquon Barkley has so much hype around him and the other teams are all gunning for him. They've been talking about him all offseason. So it's a lot harder to do it when the spotlight's on you. And love right now is kind of sneaking up on people. Great season, though. I I actually say as good. Um, I'll agree with the way the question was phrased. And if you haven't watched him, um, check out Stanford and watch the highlights of this kid because he has – He's he has not just um, speed; he has football speed. Like he runs away from everyone on the field. It's incredible. Um, he is dangerous to take it to the house every time he touches the ball. Um, not that Barkley's not, but uh, I think I read to I think I read this morning that that Love is averaging like ten yards per carry. Oh, oh my God! He's just, How do they get so many good players at Stanford? <clears throat> it's ridiculous. He's having he's having he's having it's a, a good crazy, school. It is, and they're recruiting. So is Penn. 
Stanford's on Ivy League. <laughs> Why isn't Penn good at uh, football then? <laughs> um, so anyway, I think that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the uh, uh, the East Coast bias here. I just think that Stanford's not on TV a lot, and people don't see them. Uh, but this kid is absolutely amazing, and yes, to answer your question, I think they're they're having comparable seasons. Andrew, are we gonna have a consensus here? I no, can't Kevin went Barkley. Yeah, yeah oh, I'm, going, Barkley? I'm going with Barkley as well. My brother-in-law went yes. to Penn State. I'm thinking with Saquon Barkley. His highlights are insane. That dude is gonna be so good in the NFL. He's, he's a great player. Hmm. Okay, we're gonna flip flop back to basketball here. So we've been talking about which teams we expect to be interesting, but give me a couple predictions on individual players. Let's start with the rookies. Who do you guys expect to be the most interesting rookie to watch this year? Lonzo. Lonzo's the man. He's magnetic. Everyone follows him around. Plus the way he plays all those crazy passes, it's all about Lonzo. Okay. I love the Lonzo hype. Um, I think that Ben Simmons is going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm going to put my NBA hipster hat back on, and I'm going to say Milos Teodosic for the Clippers. He's 30 years old. He's from Serbia. And he's uh, a rookie? He's a rookie. Yeah. Just finally came over. He's not going to play a lick of defense. Probably not even going to play that many minutes, but he can pass. Like His passing is so sublime. He had one of the best passes I've ever seen in the gold medal game against the United States in 2016. He looks exactly how you think somebody named Milos Teodosic looks. And plus, it's just fun to say Milos. I bet this Milos, uh, you know, the 30-year-old Serbian rookie talk is going to really bring in the young listeners you guys were looking for. Milos. <laughs> I go Jason Tatum, um, but admittedly just because I want to see um, Boston start to get the best out of some of these young players. So. Mm, okay. Well, how about and your- if he's good enough for Paul Pierce, he's good enough for me. Paul Pierce? If if Jason Tatum is good enough for Paul Pierce, he's good enough for me. Okay. Relation to Sam Pierce? Oh, yeah. Can't you tell by when you watch us play basketball? Can't you say they're clearly... <laughs> All right. Um, how about your MVP predictions? For which sport? NBA. NBA. NBA MVP. You got your rookie of the year, maybe? I now go really, to MVP. I am really hoping for a LeBron MVP for LeBron to get his fifth. Really? Ty Jordan really try. I hope that Kyrie leaving motivates him. I would love to see what uh, LeBron this MVP. Me. I did not expect you to say that. Because it's a crowded field. It's going to be tough. Steph is going to be up there. We're sleeping on Steph. We don't talk enough about Steph Curry. Um, yeah, KD is going to be up there. Giannis might make an appearance in the top five MVP. But I would really love to see. LeBron just give it give it his all one last time and get that fifth. Who and tie won MJ. last year? That's going to be weird, by the Russell way, when Westbrook. he wins MVP uh. and leaves Cleveland. I don't think he's leaving Cleveland. Whew. Wow. Now we have a lot to talk about on the next podcast. I'm going to go outside the box and go with Giannis on this one. I love it. All these other teams, they got like super teams, lots of stars on them, or they're kind of older and they don't care so much about the regular season. Giannis and the Bucks, he's the man there. He wants to make a name for himself. He's going to put up huge stats. Giannis. All right, I go Durant. Um, he took over the finals. He showed us that, A, he made the right decision going to Golden State, and, B, it's now his team. So I think Curry's great, but I think it's Durant. Um, and also, Golden State, 
they recruited him they wanted him they went out they got him so they also he showed us they also made the right decision to go after him and i think now in year two after his finals after that pull up three um finals mvp now it's time for him to be regular season mvp and i I i've always loved durant but now i just think the table is set for a couple of reasons one they're still the best team by far not even close in the league and 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 he is their alpha dog i just i think we're gonna see a great and he's still got this crazy chip on his shoulder yeah so um he also had a rough summer yeah, I'm tired. Which, I'm over Durant. No, I think the rough summer will make him even whatever he's doing to um, convince himself that people hate him, and he's. I don't. If, if I think it makes him whatever he has got to do to motivate himself, good for him. I think he's gonna have a great season. I would love to see what a KD MVP season looks like. Same with Giannis. That'd be amazing. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all for seeing a Giannis MVP yeah, season. That'd be that would be a lot of fun. Okay. In addition to some interesting NBA rookies that we're about to start watching, we've got some NFL rookies that are playing really well right now, like Deshaun Watson, who just tied the single-game touchdown pass record for rookies on Sunday. This is when he threw five in the Texans' win over the Titans. In addition to Watson and Kareem Hunt, have any other NFL rookies stood out to you guys? I like Kevin go first. I got a couple. Yeah, I think Jamal Adams, the safety on the Jets, has been yeah. off the Lights charts out. good. Like, yep. he was a great he, pick. A great pick. They, what they got him at number six, I think. Yeah, like I, he could be the best safety in NFL right now. He's, really He's unbelievable. And the reason the Jets are two and two is because their defense, kind of led by him in his first four games, is playing off the charts. So yeah, great, great move would, by the Jets there. I, I he he was my first choice too. Another. It's interesting that you had defense because I, I picked a couple defen- defensive guys, um, Adams, and then uh, Derek Barnett, not the same impact right away at Philly, but we're starting to see signs that he's going to be a really good player. He was he was a good draft pick for the Eagles, and, and so I, I, outside of Watson and, and, and Hunt, yeah, those are a couple defensive guys that came to mind for me. My pick is Jake Elliott. Kicker for okay. the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? You got it. You got to have one. So fly, Eagles, fly. <clears throat> okay, you're not allowed to. You, I'm no. supporting my 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 teammate here right, during our podcast. Okay. Um. Okay. Another prediction that I want from you guys this time in college football. I want a one word answer from anyone. One word. Give me thumbs up if you understand. Okay, Sam. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> this is my life, <laughs> Sam? Do you know what it means to provide one answer? No. <laughs> okay, good. You got it. Here's the question: In one word, who do you think has a better chance to beat Alabama this year? Auburn in the Iron Bowl. So if that's it, say Auburn. Or Georgia and the SEC championship game. I'll let I'll let Sam start. Auburn. Georgia. Georgia. Okay, very good boys. Good job listening. I'm protesting that whole Not question. One word answer. Last basketball topic of the night. The NBA draft lottery has been changed to try and prevent tanking. 
So the three worst teams that have an equal shot at the number one overall pick right now. Will this really help prevent tanking or will it have the unintended consequence of making it worse? Kevin, you want to start? I think it's going to make it different, which is going to make it worse. I think there's going to be teams that are like the eighth worst. And then you get two thirds of the way through the year and be like, man, if we tank the rest of the year, we could get down to the third worst. And then we'll have the same as the actual worst. And so there's going to be more teams that are doing it because you don't have to do it as hard as, say, the Sixers have for the past five years. Yeah, I don't really see the point of this. I don't know why this is Adam Silver's pet project to reform the lottery. Um, and I love Adam Silver as much as the next guy. Granted, it's partly because he's not Roger Goodell, two, because he's not David Stern, and three, because of the David Sterling or Donald Sterling thing. I, he handled it pretty well, but he's he's qu- kind of wearing thin on me. Um I don't, I don't, I think this is fixing a problem that didn't need to be fixed. It frankly wasn't a problem. Um, he, he seems to really have a, uh, I don't know, a real, he's really been out to get after the Sixers. He, he forced Sam Hickey out of there, which is an underreported story, and it was pretty shady. Um, yeah, I think he changed the inflection point of what, of when teams are going to tank, and there are going to be unintended consequences that we're not thinking about. I, I don't. I don't know what the point of it was. No, that's my one word answer. <laughs> Aw. All right. Speaking of tanking, don't get mad at me. But one team that didn't plan on tanking in the NFL this year is the New York Giants. Oh, come on. But at 0-4, the 2017 season isn't looking good. So, guys, let's make a hypothetical leap here and say that the Giants end up with a top three pick in the 2018 NFL draft. Should they draft a quarterback? I'm going to recuse myself. I just want to see the Giants fans. What? I really, I'm genuinely interested in what you guys say to this. First, they pick this question makes me sad. I am so sorry. Thank you, Kim, for making me it's sad. It's a legitimate chance, right? Second... They should not draft a quarterback, not because Eli is great, but because the reason they're bad is because their offensive line sucks. They should draft an offensive lineman that can be a stud for them for 10 years, like Joe Thomas. And they should build from the inside out like they used to do in the past and then fill in the quarterback when they got when they can. Um, I disagree. Uh, the line is not going to be rebuilt by drafting uh, one stud lineman, assuming there's one available. There are some really good quarterbacks available, and the Giants now at this point, I, I just I don't see, and and I am a Giants fan. I watch every game, and I've watched every game for years. I just don't see how blind other Giants fans were about how bad this line was. Jerry Reese is completely incompetent. I've been writing about it on the website. I've been pointing out how bad the offensive line is. And what did they do in the offseason? <laughs> Went and signed receivers and drafted. Uh, Wayne uh, Gallman. And... And, and the, like, so, the, so if they didn't do it, if they've neglected it this badly for five or six years, um, offensive lines aren't built overnight, so they're not going to draft one stud line. If there was a Joe Thomas available, if there was a Joe Thomas who went third overall, the, the year he came out, which is so high <laughs> for a tackle. If there was that caliber player that was such a just no-brainer offensive lineman available, then I would agree with Kev. 
there's not. So if they can get the next franchise quarterback, this is this you, you said a hypothetical leap, and it really is because I don't think the Giants are going to have a top three pick. I think they'll win enough games, but um, they have a good second half of the season run and finish seven and nine. Yeah, yeah like run, they all like they always run do. the table, but um, they're not going to run the <laughs> they're, table. They're not Aaron Rodgers, no. But at this point, with how bad this line is, it's going to be several years before they're reliable or even competitive again. They are such a disaster. And if they had a chance to go get one of these, you know, a Rosen or, or Darnold or even Allen, who wasn't great the first month, we'll see what he does the rest of the year with, you know, limited talent around him at Wyoming. But if they had a chance, no, I'm all for it because Eli's increasingly immobile. He, he wasn't athletic to begin with, although kudos for the touchdown run the other day. But um, they're such a disaster. They're going nowhere fast. There is no quick fix. Um, so if they could get the next franchise quarterback, um, I, I don't know why you don't do it and then let him sit for a year or two behind Eli. Okay. Unlike the Giants, one stud will do it for me. So this is the last question of the night. <laughs> Just speaking honestly. Maybe we should end Dude, on that. So Boy, it's, it's hard to, hard to top so that. Speaking real. on that. <laughs> Start the car. Um, last question of the night. With another week of college football behind us, I want you to give me your predictions for the final four. College football final four. I'll let you guys go first. I'll pick Clemson, Alabama, Penn State, and Oklahoma. All right, I'm going to go Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, because I like Harbaugh, and yeah, they have a stacked defense. They have a stacked defense, and I think he's a great coach. One of these days, they're going to get through, and I think the rest of the Big Ten is a little overrated. And I do not think Penn State's overrated. And I'm going to go. Well, eh, Penn State's legit. I don't know. Did you watch that Iowa game? It was a little it tight. It was a good game. It, it was, was a good great, game. It was a, it was great, a great game. game to watch. You know what I did love not make me think they're a top four team in the you know, country. You know what I love about that game is if they lose, they're definitely not a top four team in the country. But they have a quarterback and an explosive and a, and a weapon at running back that give us a few minutes and eighty yards, and we can win this game on the road. And the 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 silence in that stadium after that touchdown on the last play mm-hmm. is just is amazing. I. I trust in Penn State. But sorry, Kev, I'm interrupting. Yeah, Sam, I still got another pick here. Uh, so I'm going to go, I think this year the Big 12 makes it and the Pac-12 gets shut out. I'm going to go with TCU as a surprise Ooh. pick. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah, a big T- win yeah, against T- Oklahoma State. TCU 13.5 point favorite this week over West Virginia. Any chance, I assume, well, I assume if you're going to go with TCU, no chance they get knocked off. Not this week. Um. ESPN game day going to the to Fort Worth for TCU and West Virginia. Kind of a that classic weird, rivalry. Weird because there's a lot of really important games this week, but nothing I guess that that jumped out at them. Um, all right, uh, agree with your with Andrew's first three: Alabama, Clemson, Penn State. Um, also, but uh, but also kind of agree with Kev that Penn State of those three is the one most likely to get knocked off because I don't think the Big Ten is um, overrated. I think 
I think Michigan's really good and can can play with almost anyone. Um, I think Ohio State is not quite as good as we thought, but really good. Um, and I did you go Oklahoma for your fourth? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. So we had the same. Boomer point. Sooner. Um, <clears throat> USC losing the other night was tough. That's going because just they hmm, that was a tough loss for them. That U- hurts the pack. USC was tough, but I still think we might see them. They oh they could oh if Washington runs the table and then USC beats Washington in the in the Pac-12 title game and because the, the oh, I want to go Oklahoma and I I do <laughs> this That's why week you did but go Oklahoma. no I do but the Big 12 is so Oklahoma State lost that game to TCU that they weren't supposed to lose wouldn't it be like Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma and the, yeah the Big 12 could end up being just a, a mess but I. Love the Big 12 for adding a title game this year. So It could definitely be a mess. Um, I like USC, Michigan, Clemson, and Alabama. Um, boys, you survived the Cam Sam challenge of the night. Congratulations. Ah, that was a lot of, that was a lot of questions. Lot you, guys of questions. Are, you guys okay? I'm, Survival I'm is a good word. All right. So, guys, thanks so much for coming in tonight and helping us to get uh, the basketball conversation mixed into the podcast. You guys did uh, a great job. For us last summer, we were talk, you know, talking NBA Finals, and then this year we want to get the basketball conversation started a lot earlier, so we'll do this again soon. Um, Kim, excellent job as usual, leading our, I would say, lively discussions Thank tonight. You. Um, you mixed some humor in there. Always appreciated. That's right. Uh, so we have a treat for everyone on the website coming up this week. Since it's Green Bay going to Dallas, we'll have this game previewed from both Kim and Rick. So if you guys like either of those teams, you can choose which perspective and whose pick you want to go with. That should be awesome. Uh, you can also just go follow my NFL picks on the website, by the way, 24 and 11 ATS for the season. Just saying. Um, I got robbed on that stupid Chiefs defensive touchdown last night. And, you know, what makes me mad is Peyton got a really cheap win there. So Peyton, Peyton's picks went 7-3 and three last week. So same as me. So you can follow her as well. Um, she's about to get hot with her picks just like she did last year, which is not good news for the rest of us. Uh, she's just hot overall. <laughs> she is hot. Just overall. <laughs> Picks, everything. I'm sure she appreciates that. Um, we've also got Jeremy writing about the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs every week. That's been really good stuff. Um, we really appreciate that. Uh, and then we were joking last night that John Gruden's clearly been reading his column because Jeremy pointed out everything that Gruden said, but several days early, you know, Jeremy said it several days earlier. So, you know, hopefully Gruden was Googling Kansas City Chiefs commentary and, mm-hmm. and got to the footballpod.com. Uh, and then also, hopefully, you guys are reading what Greg has to say on the Jets. Greg covers the Jets over at TurnOnTheJets.com. Uh, he's an actual pro, so you'll have a, a hard time getting better New York Jets predictions. Three weeks ago, uh, when the Jets went to Oakland, Greg told you the Raiders would cover a big spread, and they did. And then the last two weeks, Greg told you why the Jets would not only the Jets would not only cover but win outright. All of that happened. So if you were listening, and uh, you live in Las Vegas, you could have really cashed in. But anyway, all the picks, the predictions, the commentary, it will all be up on the website throughout the week as usual. So get all of your info at thefootballpod.com. And, of course, come back next week for the podcast. Thank God it's football season. And good night.